This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Best of the season to you all. A couple more days in 2021 with you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. Uh, really looking forward to this program. Uh, still quiet on the Jets front. We'll talk a little bit about what happened at practice earlier today. Mike McIntyre was down there. We'll get you a few of his reports. Um, and we will look forward to hopefully bringing on Kenny Weeb for some more Jets talk tomorrow. But today... Uh, we're going to focus in on, well, the cancellation of the World Junior Hockey Championships. Chris Peters is going to pop on the program a little later on. And with all the bad news that is surrounding us right now, we're going to focus in on some good news. And that, of course, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back-to-back Grey Cup Championship. Cannot wait to have Andrew Harris, Bomber star running back, join us in a few minutes here on WST. Um, as we get going, a big shout out and thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen, including many of them that still have great Boxing Day deals right through until the weekend, including Royal Sports, our friends over at F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners right here at Cool Bet Canada. Just finished up the lock shop with Dusty as well as Chris Abbott. If you're listening to the podcast and want some more talk about the upcoming NFL week, our picks, our boosted partner parlay, uh, you can search for The Lock Shop on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe or head on over to our Twitter feeds. Dusty's just finished streaming it and you can certainly watch it live. Let's get Michael Remus in here as we get going on the day. Remo, what's good? How are you? I'm feeling good. I had a bit of a, speaking of Manitoba battery, I had a bit of a battery incident this morning where my car didn't start. Thankfully, I got one of those uh, battery maintainers, so I would recommend that. I looked at, I asked, my, done. Uh, yeah, I asked my Alexa speaker the temperature this morning before I left the house for work. What did and, Alexa say? Uh, she said minus 27. Now, when you said left, you're left the house for work. I mean, are you uh, working at a Tim Hortons, the morning shift or something before no, we that, get into uh, what exactly that, work were you doing? That was a, that was a joke. Um, oh, okay. I, 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 work at, I work at home. But um, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, am I missing something pe- here? That's what, that's what people say, you know, left those. No, I take my son to daycare in the morning. So, um, but I just wanted to say left for work, you know, I want to be like, you know, people who actually go to work, but uh, thankfully I can put on sweatpants and come downstairs well every day you know what it's it's a it's a good gig to have right now um because i mean first and foremost you know you're home although i, I am getting very stir crazy right now without much to do and without many other places to go and you know i know a lot of people you know doing what we're doing right now i've sort of taken this week off um but like we were talking about yesterday i mean we could take days off what the hell are we gonna do i mean we'll probably just be having these same conversations off air so we may as well do the show Hey, just before we get to a little bit on Jets practice, T-Will, we're not going to talk about the Jets today. What am I going to complain about? Don't worry. We'll talk about it. The chat is open at all times. Um, But Remo, tomorrow we'll do marbles. Today, though, we have uh, curated a 2021 Winnipeg Sports Talk trivia game that um, we'll get to after Chris Peters today. I'm looking forward to this. Of course, we tried trivia last week for the first time, had a real good time doing it. And shout out to the winners who uh, won those two uh, nice toque. And uh, I believe the, oh yeah, the Grey Cup trivia was that awesome Bombers Championship hats. 
I've got another one of those uh, either Heritage or Reverse Retro Tukes to give away. Um, and it was a heck of a lot of fun. So, folks, if you haven't already, we will let you know a little later on the show when you can enter. Um, but we'll only have a maximum of 100 people to get in. We'll see whether we get to that number. But if you do want to play with us for some prizes, some fun Winnipeg-themed sports questions from 2021, that's coming up a little later on. Yeah, we put those together. That's fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. We'll do some marbles uh, tomorrow. Um, little fun stuff uh, heading into the new year, Hustler, at a time where my uh, my Twitter timeline is, what's what's postponed today in the sports world? And I'm seeing a lot of junior games, but uh, we did have, you know, I know that a couple of Jets games were postponed. They are playing Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, it's in the afternoon during NFL. Not ideal, but... I mean, that's fine. You just get a couple TVs out or you use your tablet in conjunction with your TV or tablet and a laptop. I mean, it depends on how many games you want to watch at once. But we did have some uh, Jets notes. as Veseline, and he's out of protocol. Uh, he practiced. Cop, uh, he, didn't pra- he didn't come to Canada. I guess he's not eligible. He's out of quarantine in the U.S., but he can't come here. So he's going to meet the team in Vegas. Svechnikov, non-contact yellow. And... Um, I think that was about, oh yeah, and then we, so is the Nate Beaulieu experiment on forward, is that over? Uh, because Mikey Isamont took his spot on the fourth line with Gustafson and Vesla. Like, why? They have real forwards. I never understood why Beaulieu keeps taking, re- like, they could have put in, like, that one game where he started on forward. Like, they had Veselainen. It made no sense. He's not a forward. Like, well, I'll be honest. I don't remember the circumstances for that. I think that. it was I the, that um, was one of those eleven and seven events, and maybe a guy wasn't good to go. Yeah, I think it I was mean, Minnesota. Maybe there was an injury that it's possible there's an injury they didn't say, but um, yeah, it, you know, the, I, the, the, the bottom line, the bottom line. Yeah, listen. I mean, Mikey Isamont. I mean, they they signed him for a reason. I mean, he was going to be a depth player. Um, you know, with a guy on the taxi squad or get called up. I mean. Now, again, he would have to, he's on the taxi squad right now, so he's not on the roster. But I think what this indicates is that Andrew Kopp's going to be there. And here's the Kopp situation. This is from Dave Lowry, as reported by Mike McIntyre. Dave Lowry says Andrew Kopp is already skating in Michigan and is expected to be in the lineup Sunday in Las Vegas. He took his gear with him over the holidays, and he's out of quarantine in the U.S., but, of course, unable to get back into Canada until next week. So, uh I mean, just sign of the times, I guess, how different it is for people south of the border and people north of the border. Um, uh, he's out of quarantine. He's back skating, getting ready to go. He'll meet the team in Las Vegas um, and be ready to play when the Jets resume their schedule on Sunday. Of course, the road trip was supposed to begin with a game on New Year's Eve in Calgary. That ain't happening. And the Jets will get back onto the ice on Sunday. They play Arizona and then play the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche in that three game road trip and then come back with another period of time off with those two games that have also been postponed early in January, the eighth and the 10th, which still fall under the current health orders of, uh, well, never mind 50%, um, of 200 people, 250 people max at any events right now. So I- I'm really interested to see how things look. I, I would assume that Veselina and a cop will both be good to go. And if that's the case, Reem, they'll be starting this important road trip, uh, really only missing Captain Blake Wheeler um, and probably looking very similar to the lineup that played against the St. Louis Blues, although it does look like David Gustafson will be able to play it. It'd be nice to see him get in after getting the call up. We were all excited to see the Gus bus 
And then he was knocked out, what, in the first half of the game against Washington and missed the game against the uh, St. Louis Blues. So it uh, does look like the Gus bus will uh, get out of the garage once again on this road trip coming up. Yeah, just going over the lines today. Stasny, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, Dubois, Harkins, Toninato, Lowry, Reichel, Isamont, Gustafson, Veselin, and then Cease and Svechnikov. Svechnikov, again, yellow, non-contact. I'm assuming Cop would probably slot in with Harkins, and then you move move everyone down. We'll wait and see. And I do wonder, Hus, if we will see guys. Um... Well, no, hold on a sec. I think I think Cop's taking the spot beside Adam Lowry. Um, oh, I'm, sorry. You're right. You're right. It'll yeah, be, Cop and yeah. Lowry are going to be together. Now, what's interesting about this is, is you know, where does, uh, you know, I, I think we assume that Cop will be on that side. So potentially right now it will be, it could be Jansen Harkins that gets the opportunity to play with the guys up front, um, you know, with Connor and Dubois. That, that to me, and, and to me, I think that's the hole that Blake Wheeler probably ends up in coming back as Sveshnikov still injured. Um, so until he's able to to get back in the lineup, there is a hole right now. And I, and I just have a feeling that Jan, the, I think Dave Lowry is a fan of Jansen Harkins. And I think Harkins is going to be given some opportunity right now, especially you know with a couple guys out of the lineup, in particular Svechnikov and Blake Wheeler, um, to maybe play a little higher up. Now, does that mean that it's going to be Toninato, Cop, and Lowry with Harkins in that spot? I think that is likely. Um, because to be honest, and maybe this is the fact that Veselainen was out for the last little while with COVID, they're going to ease him in. Uh, but he was skating on the fourth line alongside David Gustafson today. Um, but he did have an opportunity at times to play up with Connor and Dubois. So who's on that right side for the game on Sunday, I think will be quite interesting. But I have a feeling, I mean, we expect Andrew Kopp to be back. And Kopp has played a lot in the top six this year. But I think we know that the identity of the third line completely different when Kopp and Lowry are playing together. Yeah, and I kind of like that they have, you know, I forgot, you know, it's been so long since um, the Jets have played us that I forgot that they moved Kopp back with Lowry. And we saw that so much the last couple of years. Um, I thought that was a great, you know, it was a great pairing before. And it seems like they're going, that's what they're going with here, pairings. Um, Stasny, uh, sorry, Shifley and Ehlers, a pair. Dubois, Connor, a pair, Lowry, Cop, a pair. And we saw, even though they were the, quote, third line, they still got a lot of, um, a lot of minutes, um, the Cop, because they're playing penalty kill, and Cop does power play and penalty kill. And that's part of the reason why some games you've seen him um, lead the team in ice time. So I, I like this. You know, maybe Harkins can move in. I think it, it gives you some more balance. Um, we're seeing a lot of questions about... Uh, Cole Perfetti in chat now that the World Juniors have been canceled. I'm assuming he's going to start with the Moose and then we'll see. But you do have to wonder, Hus, if you know the more guys get injured or go on the COVID list. I mean, does he get called up for a chance or do they keep going with um, you know the older Moose guys as part of the taxi squad? And I think that's something, you know, we have no idea how it's going to play out. How many guys are going to go on the list? I mean, when they go to the U.S., is someone going to get stuck at the border? And test positive and not be able to come back. I mean, is that going to happen? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it could. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I listen. There's a lot of unknowns and a lot of possibilities right now. I mean, the one thing that we do know is that um, we're not seeing any home games for a little while here. Um, and thank God that the team's going back out on the road so we can actually see them play hockey again. Uh, it was a pretty busy night in the National Hockey League last night. Number of games. Oilers lose again, man. Oilers now three and seven in their last 10 games after starting, I believe, 15 and 5. And Remo, you'll get a kick out of this. I had that 1260 on for a little bit, listening to Low Tide before we did the lock shop today. And 
he was going through. There's a lot of, uh, you know, disgruntled fans right now with the way the Oilers have played over the past month. And uh, more than one texter called in, Paul Maurice should already be on a flight to Edmonton right what? now. They're, no. they're ready to, they're, oh yeah, oh yeah. The fan base ready to fire Dave Tippett. And uh, a number of names bandied about, including the former head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. But I'll say this, I can kind of understand why some Oiler fans might think that way. Um, because as much as Maurice took a ton of heat at times here in Winnipeg, um, I mean, if you're an Oiler fan and your last big memories of the Winnipeg Jets were those two games in November and the four-game sweep of the Oilers last spring, you probably got a higher opinion of Maurice in Edmonton, at least, than in maybe many of the other cities right now. But uh, I don't think Tip's getting fired anytime soon, but they're on a big road trip right now. The other thing that was interesting from last night, and it didn't end up in a win for the Buffalo Sabres, um, but Alex Tuck made his debut in Buffalo, a hometown guy coming over in that Jack Eichel trade. Uh, but I watched quite a bit of that game. I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with former ice captain Peyton Krebs. He made his Sabres debut last night, was all over the place. Um, he's going to be a really, really exciting core piece, um, you know, along with Dylan Cousins, of course, a world junior hero from a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have a soft spot for Buffalo. I think their fans are amazing. They've been just served crap sandwiches year after year after year. It's exciting to see what's happening with the bills over the last couple of seasons. They're not losers and a laughing stock anymore, but my God, have the Sabres been dreadful and you know, the Eichel saga behind them now getting a chance to see some of the players that they got in was, uh, was nice to see. And I know certainly Peyton Krebs has a lot of fans here in Winnipeg after what he did for the ice organization. Yeah, and one uh, other story from last night we have to mention, uh, talk about coaching changes. Seems to be everything's looking up for Vancouver now. Uh, seven wins in a row uh, for the Canucks under Bruce Boudreaux. Absolutely incredible. Uh, another win last night. I mean, this Vancouver team looked finished. They looked terrible. Um, they make a coaching change, and it seems like everyone snapped out of their funk, and they're getting great goaltending. And they're back in the hunt for a playoff spot. I mean, they're one it's, point behind the Jets. I, I've never one seen... point behind the Jets right now. Jets do have two games in hand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, the Winnipeg's three games above 500, you know, 14, 11 and five. And the Canucks having rattled off seven in a row and are nine and one in their last 10 are 15, 15 and two after starting off. What were they? Uh, five, 14 and something like that. I mean, it's uh, been a stunning turnaround and i'll tell you what i don't have any love for the canucks but i mean everybody loves bruce boudreau so the fact that he's having this great start i think it's huge for that market i mean it's been a dreadful dreadful run um and the fact that they cleaned house and have such a quick turnaround at least to be playing significant games because i know we talked to matt sakaris a few weeks ago ream on the program um you know they were already in next year territory six weeks into the season and Smiling Bruce has come on the on the, the bench, given a lot of energy both to the team and the fan base. And uh, tell you what, that actually that turnaround has been one of the great stories heading into the new year. Yeah, I think so. I think fan sentiment in Vancouver was pretty bad. Uh, they're chanting for the firing of the GM, throwing jerseys on the ice, complete house cleaning, and here you are, seven and zero. And never thought that that would happen. I was like, you know, you think, oh, it's the same players. What what can a coach do? But Seems like the team has a more positive mindset. I mean, I that's the only explanation, right? Doesn't like what's really changed. Um, and maybe they're getting better goaltending. I I don't know, but uh, pretty 
Pretty incredible. Um, what, you know, I'm fascinated by what's the happening in Vancouver. The magic dust of Bruce Boudreaux yeah. with, the, uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. So, uh, um, you know, we will focus more and we will talk more, kind of look ahead, do a full preview, both on the upcoming year, but in particular, tomorrow's, uh, you know, this upcoming road trip tomorrow. Uh, Billick and hopefully Kenny's going to join us. We'll see how Kenny's doing uh, coming through pro- um, COVID protocol. Um, but we certainly will be talking more on the Jets as they hit the road after New Year's Eve and get out to Vegas to begin that three-game road trip on, uh, what's it, a Saturday afternoon game. So I think it's a 3 o'clock central time. I guess it's a 1 o'clock time, at 1 o'clock game in Vegas, Reem. Sunday? I, two, I think it's at 2, if, I, if I'm correct. Two, 2 central time. The Jets game uh, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, Jets in Vegas. Yeah, isn't it 2? I remember looking at that. It's Sorry, sorry, 3, 3. So yeah, you, get to watch, you get to watch the uh, NFL morning games. Perfect, perfect. Then, Chiefs uh, Bengals sliding mm-hmm. right into uh, the Jets Golden Knights on Sunday afternoon, and uh, that'll be good. Obviously, Friday looking very different than what we'd maybe planned at the beginning of the week. A nice little double header with Canada and Finland, and then the Jets and Calgary Flames, and now uh, mm-hmm. all of that off the board. Um, yeah, we ended up having to do college football playoff picks on the lock shop today for Friday because uh, unfortunately not a lot of uh, other things going on. We did just get a, people are asking about Perfetti. We did just get an alert from the Jets PR. They must know we're on right now to send these out. But um, Thanks guys. Yeah, What's thanks the breaking to, news? Well, it's not breaking, but as we expected, the Jets have reassigned Cole Perfetti from the junior team to the Moose. So he'll start with the Moose, we'll see how it goes. Although I don't think the Moose are playing home games Right, because of uh, exactly because of they're, the arena, they're not going to put him on the taxi squad and have him sit around for the better part of the next little bit. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I think that depending on what happens with health of players when it comes to the power play, um, you know that that's a spot that maybe Perfetti would uh, would pop into. So we'll keep an eye on that. As I mentioned, we're going to talk more about the cancellation of the World Junior Tournament and Perfetti with Chris Peters a little bit later on. But with all this BS we're dealing with, uh, we're going to talk about something much more uplifting. And that, of course, is the Bombers Great Cup Championship with Andrew Harris in just a second. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a big shout to our friends at F Apparel. We mentioned they're having a huge Boxing Week sale right now up until the 31st. 20% off your entire purchase in-store or online. If you don't want to leave the house, go to F. That's EPHFapparel.com. Plus 50% off accessories, ties, tie clips, pocket squares, socks, etc. They're, of course, downtown at 190 Smith Street. But check out the website, fapparel.com. You can do a lot of that Boxing Day shopping without even leaving the house. And when you are able to pop down, I mean, incredible custom clothing for men, including suits starting at $400. Uh, that is the place to go. Shop local. Great guys. Our friends over at F Apparel. Um, we've also got a lot going on over at Vita Health right now. And many of you looking to maybe make a few changes into the lifestyle going into January. There's a couple things you can do. If you're thinking about a sober January, Vita Health has some amazing items to help you get through the month, including non-alcoholic beer from Sober Carpenter and Neil Brothers, as well as Soul Brew Elixirs, Boreal Botanicals, and Clever Mocktails. And if you're maybe thinking about going full John Rush, uh, and going veganuary, trying veganism for uh, the month of January. Vita Health has so many plant-based and vegan products: Tofurky, Field Roast, Gardein, the Very Good Butchers, Light Life, Beyond Meat, and more. And of course, Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. 
with a very knowledgeable and trained staff to help you get the right products for what you're looking to do. They're open until 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve and then close New Year's Day back to regular hours next week. Seven locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. Check my uh, them out online as well. Vita Health Fresh Market online at myvita.ca. And when we're talking about all the great healthy things you're doing, it always starts with being hydrated and drinking lots of water. And Culligan has been the water experts in Winnipeg for 65 years. Of course, they've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, and whole home systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. And their December special is still on Culligan Water, $9.99 a month for the first three months. Give the gang a call. Tell them the boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180 or online at drinkculligan.com. All right, let's have some fun. Can't wait for this next uh, next guest. He, of course, is one of the stars of the back-to-back Grey Cup champs. Man, that never gets old. Let's welcome in Andrew Harris back to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew, best of the season to you, my friend. What's going on? Oh, just hanging out, man. It's been uh, it's been a quiet Christmas, but, uh, you know, enjoying as best as I can. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to be back on the show. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you. And uh, I mean, obviously, it did. I mean, a, a weird time for everybody involved. Um, uh, you know, where the weather, no matter where you are in Canada right now, but especially here in Winnipeg, and with all the all the doom and gloom around a lot of things that's happening with us, um, there still is a buzz amongst Bomber fans right now after what you and your teammates were able to accomplish. Uh, fill us in. Uh, what was the 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 week leading into Christmas like when you and the guys got back and got to parade that great cup around Winnipeg before things got crazy? Yeah, it, it was it was cool. Like we got back on the plane from the plane, and the plane was absolutely madness. Like everyone was still kind of tired, but uh, you know the excitement's still raging, and and everyone is uh, is is just enjoying the moment. And uh, boom, as soon as you land, you know there's 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 all types of festivities going on in the locker room and around the city. And I I, I honestly took a step back and kind of just uh, you know watched from afar, and um, and I didn't I didn't really dabble as much as I used to or, or in in nineteen per se. And, Took a, took a bit of a backseat to the whole thing, and um, it was it was kind of a different feel for me. But um, you know, just just watching and, and seeing and, and feeling the vibe from the city and uh, how emotional the guys were after that that win. Um, you know, the locker room on the on the parade day was amazing, and and, and seeing the fans fans come out and, and the excitement within the within the city, and you know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't get any better than how we won, you know, and it doesn't get any better of you know how the season went and. Even even with the COVID year, it just uh, it, it was amazing. So I mean, just taking it all in and, and seeing the excitement, um, you know, it, it was it was a great great to be part of, and you know, just uh, you know, it just just like again, I, it just, it's hard to describe each cup and, and how they how they mean to you and and how how different they are. But uh, this one for me was uh, was really sweet for sure. Let's talk about the game. I mean, the win in yeah. Hamilton and. I mean, it was a very different game than the win over the Ticats in Calgary in 2019. I mean, in 19, you guys came in as an underdog, but had an incredible amount of belief in your team. And yeah. I mean, to put it succinctly, I mean, the guys on the offensive and defensive line kicked their ass for 60 minutes. And I mean, it wasn't really close going down the stretch. This yeah. was a very different football game. And certainly you guys were the favorites as opposed to being the underdogs. But you also had a Hamilton team that I think maybe surprised a lot of observers as to the way they were able to handle offensive and defensive lines that were so dominant all season long. I mean, you were on the field. What did you make of the way the Ticats came at you guys on the line of scrimmage? And, and what did that force you guys to do, especially later on in the football game? 
Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing in that game was the wind. The wind was an absolute factor. Um, you know, the field position was, was crucial. Um, you know, taking, you know, deferring to the second half and, and taking getting that win in the fourth quarter was absolutely massive for us. And, and you know, even when you're running down the field, just jogging, trying to, trying to warm up, it, you could feel the wind actually pushing you and moving faster when you're with it, right? Um, but as far as their O-lines and D-lines, like, I mean, their, their, their front seven was amazing. Their, you know, their, their, their run-stop defense was, was lights out. And, you know, it was tough sledding all game pretty much until you know, we kind of got uh, that momentum in the fourth and going to o- overtime to you know create some first downs. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it, it was a tough environment. The fans were, you know, right behind us and saying all types of nonsense and, you know, the wind and, you know, and, you know, we, I remember looking at the clock with 10 minutes left in the fourth and, you know, we're down 22 to 10 and, um, you know, just feeling that momentum like, okay, we got the win now and we, we just got to go handle business. Um, and, and we just did, we did just that. I mean, the, the the receivers made absolute crazy plays, and our defense stood up when they needed to. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was an amazing amazing game to be a part of for sure. You know what? You mentioned that you know twelve point deficit in the fourth quarter. Um, and to a man, every player in your team says there was not one ounce of doubt amongst the group. Um, and I guess you earned that playing the way you have over the last couple of seasons. Um, but is that really true? I mean, you're still down 12 points in the fourth quarter of a championship game against a team that was playing quite well. I mean, where was your headspace at right now, and how were you guys able to kind of overcome over three set successive possessions to get the lead and win? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember in the third quarter there was uh, there was a, there was a group of fans right behind the bench, and they, every time I came out the field after a tune out or whatever, they were had they had something to say, and uh, you know, put it to put it put it politely, I said, wait till the wait till the fourth quarter. You know, MFs, and then uh, you know, sure enough, you know, we, we we get that we get that win, and and uh, you know, a couple big plays and big catches, and and uh, you could just feel, you know, the momentum coming. But there there was definitely no doubt. I think that we uh, our t- our team was very tight knit, and we stick together, and um, you know, there wasn't any point figures, and the, you know, it, it was just it was just a feeling that we're, we were going to do this. I mean, I, I even went up to O'Shea, and I I asked him, uh, you know, closer to the overtime, I was like, how's it going to play out? And he he literally just you know, spit out uh, a perfect storybook ending. I mean, that's not how it wor- worked, but he was just on the fly for him to just spit it out so confidently and say, you know, we're going to win this toss here. Our defense is going to go out there and stop him, and, and you guys are going to go and score a touchdown and win the game. I mean, it worked out worked out a little differently than that, but, uh, you know, just the confidence in the coach's voice and, and you know, confidence in the O-line when I, when I come off the field and, you know, the confidence in myself to – to go tell some 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 junk belligerent fans from Hamilton, you know, just wait till the fourth quarter, guys, and and you know this this game's about to turn around. So well, all around, it was it was just you know everyone felt the vibe that it was it was going to happen. And you, you called your shot, um, and obviously it the, it came out that way. But talk about the crowd a little bit because yeah. I mean you know it was interesting watching the broadcast afterwards. Um, you know I think many of us thought that well I mean it's in Hamilton, but it's still the great cup. So, I mean, you know, you'll have the majority of fans cheering for the Ticats, but I mean, you'll have bomber fans and some fans from elsewhere. And I'm assuming probably it's more because of the times that we're living in and COVID and people not traveling. But I mean, it was somewhat shocking to look into that stand. I mean, it was 95, five, maybe for Ticats. And I mean, that was, I think, as far as great cups go, um, as significant a home field advantage as we've seen for a long time. I mean, did you guys feel that right when you went out at the beginning of the game? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been to, uh, you know, I've played in three great cups and, you know, I've been to probably another six or seven, you know, not playing. And usually there's there's a bunch of different fans throughout the crowd and, and they're all kind of spread out. But 
it, it seemed honestly like everyone was in black and there was little pockets of blue and there's little pockets of other things. But I mean, even the way they spread out our fans, I mean, it, it was hard to, you know, have a section other than like the friends and family section, um, you know, which was on the other side of the field. And another, another thing that's weird about the Eastern teams is everyone's on the same sideline, right? So you're all spread out on the, on the one sideline and you don't really get to feel the fans on the other side as much. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was definitely a blackout and, and definitely one where we felt, uh, you know, there, there wasn't too many, uh, too many blue and gold in the stands. But then after the game, it was like there, everyone there, everyone there was wearing blue and gold. You know, so um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a weird dynamic and and um, a tough place to play. And even in the regular season, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not an easy place to go and play. And then uh, you know, it, it was uh, with the wind and and the blackout and um, you know, it, it just couldn't have been better. It couldn't could have been a better ending just based on the adversity and and the things that we were going through. Hey, you've uh, been in this league for a while, played in a number of great cups, um, but this was the one in the COVID year. And I mean, thank God the game happened when it did. I mean, if we even went a week or two later with what we're dealing with right now, who knows what would have happened. But how different was Grey Cup week for you and your teammates as opposed to 2019 or some of the others because of the protocols and everything that we were going through? Was it was it significantly different or or, or not too much? Yeah, it, it was it was it was quite quite a bit different. I mean, for the most part, you want to be focused and, the, and you're with the team and, you, and you're doing those activities. But you know, everything we did was you know from from people coming to the hotel, from people you know friends and family coming in, and everything was 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 under under a watch. And um, you know, you, you had to be kind of careful of of not breaking protocol or having someone that you know you might have been from the east coast, west coast, no matter, no matter where they came from, you know, just coming in and and you know breaking breaking that protocol. So I mean, for us, we. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we stuck together as a team and it just allowed you to kind of just lock down and hunker down that way. And, um, you know, even even as far as, you know, traveling to to and from, you know, practices and, and meetings and stuff was a lot different. And um, but I mean, it, it, it's it's something that we've kind of been used to all year and, uh, you know, adapted to. And, you know, like you said, I mean, like with the World Juniors right now, it's, you know, shutting down, you know, big, big tournaments and, and you know, and, and how, how the world's changed in the last, you know, three weeks is is is, is been is been tough. But uh you know, thank, thankfully that uh, the, the CFL did a great job with, uh, you know, the protocol and, and, and upholding all the all the standards that we had. And, you know, on our, our team, especially we had we had zero cases, you know, throughout the whole year. And, and you know, that's that's a testament to about that. that's a testament to just, you know, how, how good our um, um, you know, staff was and, and how much the, the team bought in, the players bought into just, you know, focusing on winning football games and and, uh, you know, making sure that. We were able to come in every day and, and earn a paycheck and, and work towards, you know, you know, winning this great cup. Well, you know, well, it, it, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, and I look at the National Football League and what they've been do, going through. And at the beginning of the season, I mean, Bruce Arians came out. They had 100 percent vaccination. They had no issues. The Chiefs, another top team, was the same way. And then you saw some of the other teams that were dealing with, you know, guys that weren't in for whatever reason. I'm not getting political on this, but it, it was quite interesting to see the buy-in, the 99% buy-in of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers from the get-go. And it really didn't seem like that was an issue at any point. And, you know, part of being a championship club, I think, is acknowledging the circumstances, dealing with them. And it certainly seemed from the outside looking in that your team did about as good of a job of that um, as anyone. And and that had to be a big part of your success really throughout the season from game one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for us, uh, we're very, you know, kind of fit in, you know, our our, our FL kind of mentality, and you know, and and whether whether that's the team event, whether that's you know how we practice, whether you know how we handle meetings, and you know, everyone everyone bought in from the get go, and I think 
the biggest thing for us in a, in, a, in a weird year like this is we had, you know, very, very little turnover. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of veteran guys in the group. And then the young guys who came in, you know, the rookies on, on defense and people that stepped in and, and roles all kind of fit in, you know, seamlessly and, uh, and bought in. And there, were, there was no, there was no gaps of, you know, trying to, to, to roll rookies in or, or, or make guys kind of understand what, what, what the message was here. So, I mean, when it came to the COVID year and, and, and all the things that we had to deal with, we just knew what we, had, we really had to do and, and you know, just, just hunkered down. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best year. We didn't get to do as much stuff on, on, on the road or, or you know, even, even at home here to, to kind of bond. But we also had enough veteran guys that uh, had been around and, and knew each other already enough to, to know that, you know, this, this was, there was some solidarity there and, and, and unity and, and we, were, we all had one, one goal and one purpose and, um, you know, and, and just buying into that. Andrew Harris, Bomber star running back and back-to-back Grey Cup champion with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Before we talk about, you know, the end of the game, I want to go back a week earlier to the West Final. Um, And, I mean, hey, we're both Winnipeg guys. I mean, you've been on the field. I've been in the stands my entire life. That game, I I will remember it as long as I live. One of the most special atmospheres from a crowd perspective and, you know, an incredible game in some really extreme conditions. You've played in a lot of games, both here in Winnipeg and around the Canadian Football League. I mean, five years down the road, when people say, hey, what do you remember about that cold game against the Riders to get to the Grey Cup in 21? What what stands out to you about that victory over Sask? Well, I mean, uh, for myself, it, it was an emotional one. I mean, I I just kind of, you know, throughout the season, I, you know, missed the first bid and kind of got in a roll and then was out for, you know, six, seven weeks. And um, I knew that was going to be a tough game, you know, you know, throwing wise because, because of the conditions and how windy it was and how cold it was. And, you know, that that to me was, you know, for me, a, a statement game for me to, you know, say I'm, I'm back and I'm back in the lineup here and I want to make some big plays and, you know, um, you know, I, I had I had a couple guys in the Riders uh, that that I had targeted that I wanted to just run over it as, my, as many times as possible and let them know about it. And you know, when I was able to do that multiple times and get the crowd going, and you know, you you come out there in in, in, the, in the second half and and the winds picked up, you know, another 20 kilometers or so, and, and it's way colder, and the, the fans are still in the in the crowd going nuts. And you know, it, it was a special game in many in many fronts. And um, you know, a December December game in in Winnipeg is uh, something you'll never ever see again. I don't think. And, you know, it was, it was beautiful to, to be able to have a big game in that and, and you know, punch our ticket to the Great Cup and uh, have, have, have a big impact on, on that one. So You know, and, and I mean, I still think back to the first half. I mean, it was sort of bizarre. I mean, you guys probably should have been up 14 nothing, and we're down 7 nothing early on. There was five yeah. turnovers, which could not be more uncharacteristic of this football team. And yet at halftime, you're only down three points. And, you know, if this had happened two years ago before you guys had won in 2019, I guarantee you the atmosphere around the concourse at halftime would have been a little different. But it really did seem like there was a lot of confidence in the club because of where you guys were and what you'd already been through. What was it like in the locker room at halftime being down three after turning the football over five times? Well, I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I had had a few people that reached out to me and said, you know what, I haven't been to a game in you know uh, you know a couple of years. Me and my dad had season tickets, or you know, and we stopped getting them, and we stopped, we stopped coming to games, and then we come to this game, and uh, you guys are down seven and a bunch of turnovers, and we're like, oh, here we go again, you know, and uh, you know the way that they describe, you know, how how we won and and their their moments that they had shared with their with their dad or their family or whatever it was, it, it was kind of cool to hear that. But also too, like, you know, we, we've been here before and, and I mean, not, not so far, not so much of the turnovers, but uh, you know, when, when we're in the locker room, 
we looked at, you know, how poorly we played and how many times we, we caught the ball up and said, hey, we're only down, you know, this margin here. And, you know, if we just tighten up, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot here right now, fellas. So, um, again, it's, it was the same kind of, uh, you know, cool, calm, collective, you know, other than the fact that BA got poked in the eye and everyone was freaking out about uh, about uh, Duke Williams a little bit and, and wanted to take their shot at him. But uh, other than that, I mean, we, we were we – were, we were really just locked in and, and ready to uh, get back out there and, and just play our play our, our style of football and, and, and go get that win. Andrew Harris with us talking about the Bombers' back-to-back Grey Cup wins on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Okay, let's go back to the game in Hamilton. You guys win the Grey Cup in overtime. Well, first off, i got to ask you, as a guy that appreciates every aspect of football and knows how great your defense was this year, um, what was it like being on the sidelines when you saw not one, not two, but three guys get their hands on a football and maybe the most appropriate way ever, a walk-off championship-winning interception with three guys getting in on it? Uh, it seemed like an appropriate way for this season to end. I mean, take us through the final play from your eyes, Andrew. Well, I mean, uh, I, I've seen a bunch of clips, and I, I think I'm the first guy to run on the field with my dirty, my dirty mustache, and you know, looking, looking like Mario, just super excited about it. But uh, I, I, had, I had a, you know, I was, I was right there, you know, uh, the the, be- the best view, uh, you know, on the field there, and um, it, it was just amazing how how many times our defense, you know, just made that little, you know, that you know, like one finger on the ball, you know, you know, we're down on the, on, on the goal line, and and Dedrick uh, made that big play, and you know, and then it gets another opportunity, and you know, it touches three hands, and and you know the, the savvy of uh, of Winston just to kind of keep it up and and you know it was just uh, it, it was amazing to see amazing to be part of and and a guy like Harry who's been you know uh, very quiet you know he makes his plays and you know he had he had some adversity this year throughout the season and you know for him to him him to get that that, that last play and I think he held that ball like you know no one was taking that thing from him for so long you know and everyone jumped out there and it was just like boom it took me a second actually I'm like oh we got an interception. Oh, we won the game. You know, it was, it was like a damn. Like this is this it. It's over. We're done. You know, and and then you know just uh just the excitement and and the craziness and the, the emotion and um absolutely amazing. Uh, Andrew, uh, after the game, um the celebration seemed a little bit different um for you uh, in 2021 than in 2019, and there was a, a moment um and people if they if they've got the game PVR they probably watched it a few times already um where you sat down and took a knee in the end zone and just sort of had a moment. Um, tell us about that. What were you thinking? Uh, what was going through your mind and what were you doing at that point? Well, like I said, man, it, it was, it was a very emotional year for me. And, um, you know, I had, um, had a few moments, you know, I thought the year that, uh, you know, were, were tough, tough moments for me. And, and, and when you, when you accomplish your, your, your final goal and, and you're, you're sitting there and you're looking watching and you know sometimes it's just nice to kind of just sit back and, and take it all in and you know for me it was just a, a moment there for me to kind of just sit down and said you know like you set out to do something you have a goal in mind and and you know through all the ups and downs and and, and the rocky part of you know whether it be life whether it be you know sport whether it be injury you know um to to, to kind of just take it all in and and you know and, that, and that's all i was doing i was just sitting there and just just taking a moment to be away from everyone and just watch everyone kind of celebrate it and enjoy it and and uh, just kind of say, wow, you know, it, uh, it, it happened and it did it again. And um, pretty, pretty cool moment. I mean, even even as far as, you know, I wasn't on the stage. I wasn't kind of like in, in, the, in the, the big thick of things um, throughout the whole celebration. I really just took a step back and kind of watched and, and, and took, it, took it from a different perspective. And, uh, you know, it, it was beautiful, man. I, you know, you know, to be able to enjoy it from a rookie to a, to a veteran and, and being, you know, all in it and then to be able to, know be a veteran and, and watch it from a from a from a from a you know kind of a back a, a back uh, perspective and and um 
you know, it, it just it just allows you to enjoy it from from all angles. And uh, um, but yeah, it, I mean, the whole the whole game, the whole moment was was amazing. And uh, you're you're making me get me emotional here thinking about it again. And uh, you know, I wish I could go back and, and go do it again. Well, and, um, and I do have to tell you this. Um, I had a great conversation and extended chat with Bob Irving after the Great Cup. And I mean, Bob is synonymous with Blue Bomber football. And, and, I, and I put this to him because I figured he'd be the best um, person to adjudicate this take. Um, but especially now with the back-to-back -back championships and you think about what would happen with this organization in the 29 years before 2019 and really before you got here, um, I said, and he agreed with me, that I think your free agent signing is the most significant free agent signing in Winnipeg Blue Bomber history. And you're a Winnipeg guy. Um, mm -hmm. You now have back-to-back -back championships. You literally have set out. I mean, you said when you came here, you wanted to come here, bring a different attitude, bring a winning attitude, and start something special. And you and your teammates have done that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, now that you're a couple weeks removed, you've had some fun with the Grey Cup, you know what I mean? What's it like being a Winnipeg guy that's come back, setting out to do something? I've done it not once, but twice in back-to-back -back fashion. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's uh, that that's kind of what allowed me to kind of, you know, appreciate it a little differently because, I mean, the, you know, the first one was, you know, it was, you know, underdogs and, you know, we we, we came out from, you know, playing in, in, in tough places from, from Calgary to Saskatchewan to, you know, being underdog in Hamilton. And then this year, you know, we really dominated all year and there was no... There was no real, you know, other than our, you know, our, our, our couple losses that were, you know, early in the season and then, you know, in meaningless games, uh, we really dominated and, in, in, you know, throughout the season and, and had, you know, a certain type of leadership and 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 attitude and, and way of going throughout the year. And, um, you know, to be a part of that from a, from a different side, from underdog to trying to turn this whole thing around and you kind of just really appreciate, you know, and you're, there's a sense of pride of what you've been a part of, but also been, you know, an impact person in the locker room. You know, on the field and, and been able to you know be that way in the community as well and um i mean yeah I, I just i appreciate everything my teammates my coaches and and all the guys who, who have been a part of this and um it, again it just kind of shows goes to show you know what we what we built in the locker room to you know have the have the same players come back you know that they, that came back this year and you know in a year where a bunch of guys took massive pay cuts to to you know to to you know get 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 another salary cap or just be a part of this or you know come back from you know their situations that they're in um and i mean it, and it just goes to show you know how special this group was and and uh, and again you know i definitely take a lot of pride in in you know being a part of that and, and being part of that that change of the attitude in the mantra but i mean you know coach coach o'shea and and organization you know they they put all these pieces together and you know definitely definitely grateful for them to you know have me in in mind to to be one of the guys who are instrumental in, in changing up this curve and in, in, in this wave and um you know but Ultimately, you you can't do this without your teammates and coaches, and and um, as, as significant as one signing may be, and one one person within it, it's, it's it takes a it takes a full group effort and and uh, guys working together with a common goal, and um, and there can't be any 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 weak links in the chain. It all has to go seamlessly and, and work together. And and uh, when once when someone falls down or slips up or you know doesn't isn't holding their weight, just be there and, and have each other's backs and make sure that the, the train keeps moving. Andrew Harris with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I got to ask you about Coach O'Shea. I mean, to a man, any player that we talk to, I mean, you can just tell that there is a special relationship between players and the coach. I mean, what's it like playing for O'Shea, and why is he such? Uh, why is he the leader that he is, and um, how has he been so successful, getting the most of a very talented team? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, he's he's like uh, I, I don't really consider him a coach. You know, I, you know, look at him as a big brother or you know, um, you know uncle maybe. Um, but he seems like family, and uh, you know, when when he has something to say, everyone everyone listens, and and he's really just uh, he gets the most out of every every opportunity. And uh, you know, the way the way that he thinks, you know, the way that he the way he thinks the game and the way how we approach the game is is you know something I've never seen before. And um, uh, the one thing I love about Osh is that. You know, he thinks as a player would, you know, and, and you know, and then he's a leader and, and you know, all, all his experience kind of comes in after. But he really, he really gets his players to, to understand that, you know, this this is where um, this this is where I've been in, in these situations. And, and, you know, and whether it be on or off the field and he understands the things that we go through and, you know, he's not out there dictating. He, he you know, lets us make, you know, decisions within the locker room and, you know, has a sprinkle on, on how he wants to, to maybe see it go like follow through. But really lets the veterans lead and. And uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing coaching for him or, or playing for him and and learning his coaching style and and um, you know just seeing how you know he can relate to someone like me who's been in the league for you know twelve years and then someone who's a, as a rookie and and still have that same message and and it's not any different based on it doesn't waver based on you know uh, experience or or, or you know uh, age or or you know what you play or where, where you're playing at and it's it's amazing to see. Uh, Andrew, going into uh, 2022, we got a new year coming up. I've got to ask you: Have you thought much about 2022? You've still been sort of basking in the glory of the back-to-back championships. I mean, uh, um, where are you at on uh, continuing career? What's to come for 2022? Or uh, is that still in the uh, kicking around in the dome and uh, figuring it out uh, in the weeks and months to come? Yeah, I mean, uh, I still feel like you know, I, I still got some 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 gas left in the tank here, and I think that. Uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of reevaluate it after, you know, I'm going to take some time here. I'm heading out to Mexico right away here and uh, enjoying the beach and, and some tequila and, you know, soak that in for a bit. And then when I get back from uh, from the from from doing, you know, just enjoying myself, you know, I'll really have to sit down and 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 really ponder it and, and figure out what's, what's next. And, you know, we'll see what, see what the team is the one wants to do, what, direct, what direction they want to go in. And but I, but I still obviously I, I feel like I can I can still contribute and. Um, you know, and having a proper year, you know, as well going forward here. I mean, no, no, no one's no one's telling what's going to happen in the next little while here with with all the COVID stuff. But um, you know, I, I really just want to put my best forward if if, if possible, and, and coming into a full, you know, eighteen game season and 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 doing it the right way, and you know, maybe just giving it one shot at the can or one, one more kick at the can. But uh, we'll we'll see how it unfolds. And you know, um, at this point, I'm just being uh, I'm, I'm open to anything right now. So well, I'll tell so, you what. First things first. Get out of here. Go enjoy some warm weather. Yeah. Enjoy some cocktails on the beach. You certainly deserve it. And I will tell you, I mean, the chat, far too many to go through. But, I mean, tons of Bomber fans uh, wishing you the best, thanking you for the back-to-back championships and congratulating you on everything you've done here in uh, in your hometown as now a back-to-back Grey Cup champion. Happy New Year, man. Have a great trip, and we'll look forward to catching up with you in 2022. Sounds good, man. Happy New Year and uh, take care. <laughs> right on. Right. There he is, Andrew Harris, back-to-back Grey Cup champion with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Really fun conversation with Andrew, and we thank him and DC for uh, joining us today, and Darren Cameron, of course, from the Bombers, helping us set it up. All right, we're going to get to a more aftermath from the World Juniors in just a second. Um, hey, it's, uh, yeah, the extreme cold warning still here. I've been telling you for months, you better be ready for it, and to get ready for it, you need your car to be starting <laughs> And Donnie and the gang down at Manitoba Battery are your go-to guys. Now, you may have left it too late, true, uh, but 
if you do need a battery right now, which is quite possible, uh, shop local, get it at the best price in town. And while you're there, you can pick up some heavy-duty booster cables. Everything you need, you need to get through the winter is over at Manitoba Battery. Not to mention, uh, listen, I'm not a big skidooer, and I, this even seems crazy to think about going outside right now, but there are people that will be doing it. It'll be getting nicer. Batteries for all sorts of sleds from $65 to $75 usually over at Manitoba Battery. Uh, you can find them at 1026 Logan Avenue. Give them a call at 783-8787. They will deliver to you. Often that is necessarily because, necessary because your car is not moving. And of course, you can find out more online at manitobabattery.com. Uh, we just had Andrew Harris on. All that amazing Blue Bomber Grey Cup Championship merchandise is in at Royal Sports right now over at 750 Pemina Highway. An incredible selection of Jets gear and a lot of it on sale right now as part of their big Boxing Week extravaganza. Um, whether it comes to hockey equipment, snowboarding gear, licensed merchandise, Royal Sports is the undisputed heavyweight champ of sports merch here in Winnipeg. And you can also check out some of the great deals they've got going on on the King Skate Snow and Surf side. Follow them on Insta at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest on what they're pumping out and their latest deals. And of course, pop down and see them at Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about cars not starting. You might need a new battery. Some might say, man, 2022, I just need a new whip entirely. If you're thinking about a new vehicle, do nothing before you start off talking to the folks over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Dozens of Teslas on the lot, a ton of other great vehicles, including 4x4s, SUVs. Uh, they've got it all, and they will get you the best deal in town on it. And if you're looking for a vehicle they don't have, they'll help you source it and find it as well. Of course, Winnipeg Car Lab open also on the lot at Waverly and McGilvery. You can find out more online at not.ca, and a big happy new year to our friends over at Not. All right. Um, you know, just a terrible ending to uh, the World Junior Hockey Championships yesterday. As uh, you were probably watching, we were live on the air and we got the news first from Chris Peters that a meeting was happening, and then the white smoke came out of the Vatican of Bob McKenzie's tweet when you knew, oh man, this is really happening. Uh, but it's a pleasure to welcome in from Daily Faceoff, the NHL draft and prospects analyst Chris Peters. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Chris, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, kind of sucks what we're talking about, but uh, best of the season to you, my friend. Yeah, same same to you. And and yeah, it sucked. I mean, like, honestly, I mean that's that's the that's the only way you can you can say it at this point. It's been a really tough uh, couple of days, most of all for the players and the coaches that spent so much time preparing, that went through all the protocols, that did everything they were supposed to do, and you know, as we sadly learned, it wasn't enough. And uh, things moved really fast yesterday. And it's really unfortunate that it ended the way that it did. I do think that this was probably the only outcome that was coming based on some of the things that happened at the beginning. And um, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, really disappointed on behalf of the players that the things were not handled better and they were given a better opportunity to, to really have success in this tournament. Cause I don't think it had to go down the way that it did. Uh, but you know, if the protocols were even a little bit different or the hotel situation was different, maybe we would still be having a world junior championship but with the Omicron variant, as we all know, everything changes every day. And we have no idea exactly what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it. Uh, we just don't, that's all we, that's all we can do is just kind of try to follow the leadership and, and see see where things go. But uh, yeah, a real unfortunate thing. And I think a real touch, touch point in COVID versus sport when we're talking about canceling the World Juniors as it's happening. 
No, there's no doubt about it. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, you were the first guy to sort of float out yesterday. There was a meeting that was happening and canceling this tournament was absolutely on the tail. Uh, it was on the table. If you could take us back to yesterday. I mean, uh, what were you hearing? And at what point did you realize that um, we were probably on the verge of uh, the worst case scenario for all parties involved? Yeah. So basically my whole day started uh, on the trail of trying to find out if the U.S. was going to be able to play Sweden. They had two players test positive. They forfeited their game against um, against Switzerland the day before. There was hope that they would present two negative tests for all players, as we now know that all other players in USA tested negative, so they would have been able to play. However, there was a bit of what I had heard, and actually I, I learned it more from, from Bob McKenzie's report initially, was that, you know, the the two roommates of the players that tested positive were testing negative, but all of a sudden they were asked to isolate for an extra day as well, which would have knocked them out. And that would have left the U.S. with one goaltender. And that would have made it really difficult to play. Otherwise, you're putting a position player in as your e-bug, and your, your, which, which is allowed in the rules, but certainly not what you would expect at the World Junior Championship when you have three goaltenders on your roster. Anyway, things really moved fast from there. Czechia, they had a positive player. Their game was canceled. If there was one positive test on the team, everyone went into isolation. And that's why we had those forfeits. Very late in the process, as we learned after the fact, after the reports came out, Russia had a late positive. Their game was canceled. And that was then a third cancellation and forfeit. At that point, things moved very fast. A, an emergency meeting was convened. Um, their, you know, the, the tournament director at the IIHF council, the, the medical personnel and everybody else got together and said, we have all these positive cases. What are we going to do? How is this going to work? They felt the integrity of the tournament was, was now compromised. And that's when they made the decision ultimately to cancel the remainder of the tournament. As we've learned now today, six additional players and one on ice official have tested positive. Um, so we were heading this direction regardless of if it happened yesterday or today. Um, any hope of the tournament going forward uh, was was pretty much dashed at that point. So it moved extremely fast. So so from starting to trying to find out if the U.S. was going to be able to play to to basically things devolving from two cancellations, I would say within about a two-hour period, we went from there being games on to the tournament being completely canceled. So it was it was a very quick um, and, and qu quickly deteriorating type of situation right there. So very, very tr uh, challenging for everyone involved. And, and certainly the players are absolutely devastated by what ended up transpiring. Chris Peters with us discussing the cancellation of the World Junior Hockey Championships here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. You know, you mentioned off-ice officials. I mean, one of the other reports that I heard, I believe was from Bob, but, you know, apologies if it was from somebody else. Um, that they'd had like five officials also test positive. And, you know, everyone was worried about the teams and the players. But I imagine, I mean, when you talk about a, a variant spreading the way that it has been, you know, everywhere, um, you know, in addition to the teams, there was a lot of stress in other areas of the entire operation leading to what we heard yesterday. Yes, there was. I mean, there was, and and, and the teams were were so frustrated because the protocols changed daily. And the, the, they felt like the goalposts were moving on them. They thought, you know, when they actually came to the tournament, the protocol was if there was a positive test and everyone else was vaccinated and not symptomatic, they didn't have to isolate. When that changed, um, that 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 really kind of threw everything off. The other thing was is that, you know, volunteers and, and people that worked the tournament last year stayed in the bubble. 
They did not do that this time. And so that's one of the complaint. Another complaint. The teams were staying in hotels that were sold that had rooms sold to the general public. And while they had their own dedicated floors, from what I understand from talking to everybody, there were so many people in and out of that hotel in Red Deer where most of the teams were staying that there was an it was an impossibility to avoid contact with the outside world. So you're talking about people that aren't going through the same testing protocol. The solution for that problem, as opposed to trying to shore up isolation protocols and make sure that they weren't there, the solution was instead to do daily testing, which was not the initial plan. So they go to daily testing at that point, and that's where things really started to unravel because you have a lot of asymptomatic players that were popping positive tests. They were taking rapid tests between PCR tests, and the rapid tests were showing that they were negative. The PCR tests were showing, which is the more important one that you have to clear, was showing that they were positive. So there was a, a roller coaster of emotions happening there. And meanwhile, basically, everyone's trying to play catch up. So the protocols that they had in place for this tournament were not built for this Omicron variant. There, you know, basically, there probably should have been a move to eliminate fans from the building. There should have probably been a plan to make sure that the players were more strictly isolated from the general public. But I don't think there was enough time logistically to do that. Um, everything was, you know, people had already booked hotels for travel that were actually coming to the tournament. So it, it became this thing that no one could get their arms around. And that ended up really costing them is that the, you know, the decisions that they had to make to protect the tournament had to be made way further in advance than December 15th when all the teams arrived. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I mean, I'll tell you, full disclosure, and I've mentioned this before to people on the program, but I mean, uh, I'm a former Hockey Canada employee. I mean, worked for just about two years putting on the World Women's Hockey Championships when it was here in Winnipeg. And I mean, you really get a, a taste of how much goes into putting on an event like this. And you've got your people with boots on the ground here in the city. You've got the governing body, the IIHF is involved the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that go to put on. Um, and there's so much that goes into it. Um, that's the same for any one of these events. The fact that, you know, we were in this COVID bubble, it, it sort of really did seem that, you know, for events that are usually so tied down from every single inch that is it safe to say they were pretty much caught by surprise by this? I mean, this was something that just simply wasn't planned on it because my God, when you hear stories about a, a wedding if in the Red Deer Hotel that other teams are in, I mean, like at this point, and it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but you're like, what the hell did you think was going to happen? I mean, right. how much navel gazing is there right now amongst the people that are putting this tournament on, do you think, because of the way that it ended so drastically and quickly? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there is. And and basically, you know, the teams from from what Hockey Canada said yesterday and 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 like you, I'm I'm a former USA Hockey employee. So, you know, I I have worked at these tournaments as well and fully understand and appreciate how difficult they are to run and how much work goes into it. But I would say that the the decision to have teams and hotels that were not exclusive to the tournament um was always a mistake. I think because COVID didn't go away in the year since the last tournament, it was always there. They thought it would be better, but it, but it wasn't. And I think that knowing how th quickly things change to not have the hotel situation locked down is ultimately what is going to cost this tournament from happening is, is my feeling. The teams feel very strongly that the, that the interactions that they were unable to avoid in the hotels are the reason they tested positive. Now, I will say in Edmonton, the same situation, their hotels where Canada and Finland were staying were not exclusive to the tournament. 
Um, they were, you know, I know scouts were staying in the same hotel, general public ticket holders, they were staying in the same hotel. It was just, a, but it sounds like it was a little bit harder to avoid, um, avoid the general public if you were in Red Deer. So that is essentially what cost this tournament. And, and that's, I think, ultimately what they're going to have to decide. And now there's another thing that I think is important to note, and I, I wrote about this in my column on my on my Substack site as well. And I just I think it's a, one of the big things that that is going to be discussed in sports overall is how often should we test, who should be tested, and why. And and those are the types of things. Is it because the general public typically is not going to be going for a test unless they're symptomatic or they've come into close contact with a confirmed positive. Um, and I think in order to get the sign off from the health officials that they could do this tournament. Basically they want it. Daily testing is preventative testing, correct? It's not, it's not, uh, it's, 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 it's almost looking for the problem. That's a, like a really crude way to say it, but that's, that is what it is because you're looking for those positive cases. I think there's going to be some discussion over time as we've seen NCAA bowls get canceled. As we've seen other things get canceled. What exactly should we be doing with testing, especially when we think that Omicron is a, a potentially less severe disease? Now, I realize that this is getting into very trepidatious waters here, and I'm not trying to, to, to make a general statement about that. It's just more that was the feeling was that, you know, they felt that going into the tournament, there wasn't a plan for daily testing. Once the plan for daily testing came in and they were in contact with the general public that was, you know, more exposed to this issue. That was it basically made what happened inevitable. And, and if that was inevitable, then that was a really poor you know, decision to to operate as they did, knowing, you know, basically, you know, I'd say that Omicron really hit its stride in a bad way. To, but, but in the last couple of minutes or the, the last few days before players and teams were supposed to arrive. I mean, that's that's what changed. Yeah, no, it was the worst possible timing with the, uh, you know, an incredibly highly contagious variant that uh, ended up doing it in. Uh, I mean, I know you're very well connected, talking with people at the tournament, throw teams. I mean, what what have you heard within, for instance, USA Hockey, some of the Canadian, like, was it, was everyone sort of just resigned to the fact that this had to happen? Or is there, um, you know, would there be a number of parties that sort of believed that maybe they should have kept going or there was another way to get around this? The federations and the people that I've talked to in multiple federations um, feel that they were failed. Um, they feel they felt that there was more that could have been done. They felt that the 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 tournament was too slow to react to um, to the to the changing circumstances. That they were making decisions on the fly, and the communication was very poor, and that you know things were were upsetting to them. Um, they feel that the decision, I think that they all feel that the decision was the only one that could be made because, because the protocols were going to be what the protocols were. And if that wasn't going to change, then they weren't going to have it. I think the thing that is most frustrating to them is that a single positive test would force isolation for the entire team. And that, you know, because last at the last World Juniors, the German team had several players arrive with positive tests. And so them and their close contacts were forced into isolation. Germany was allowed to play with the minimum number of players necessary. They had two goaltenders and I think 15 skaters, and that was enough for them to do what they want, what they were supposed to do. So that was, I guess, the thing that frustrated them is that there was no contingency for positives. Once a team tested positive and then it was a forfeit, that was a big surprise to them. 
So that was a huge part of the frustration. I know that uh, the Finnish coach, who I haven't spoken with, but he did speak to the media in Finland, um, said that he didn't feel it was a COVID issue. He felt it was a tournament issue, that that they did not appropriately respond to what happened, and they cost them an opportunity to play in the tournament. Um, so there is a lot of finger pointing at this point at the IHF, at Hockey Canada, at the but but they, I think there's also an at the same time there's an understanding that the situation changed, and so I think they're also mad at that that there was something that was completely without outside of their control that cost them this opportunity. But what doesn't give everybody the benefit of the doubt is that they ran a successful bubble at the last World Junior Championship where the only players that tested positive were players that arrived positive. There weren't any other positive tests that happened during that process. And so they felt if we could have, you know, maybe if you could have had the foresight to, to, to deal with that, then you would deal with that. But this was a tournament that was in Canada for the sole purpose of the bubble being there last year. This was a, their way to recoup the finances that were lost from last year's tournament because there were no ticket sales or anything like that. Unfortunately, Omicron took over and now they've, essentially lost probably even more money than they would have otherwise. So it, it, it's like double trouble for, for Hockey Canada and for the IIHF, which is the ones that are footing the bill and, and also the local organizing committee in the province of Alberta and, and the, the Edmonton Oilers and everybody else that was involved. So uh, it is a huge financial burden ahead coming out of this. Well, and let's just quickly touch on that because, of course, a big story heading into the tournament was the cancellation of six events, uh, two men's events, four women's events in the month of January. And that started an entirely different conversation about equality for the women and whatnot. But I think one thing that everyone should understand is that many of those other events are paid for by the World Championships, the Olympics, and particularly the World Junior Hockey Championships. I mean, what does this do to the IIHF's ability to you know, continue with what they're doing. And I guess part of that is, I mean, is this salvageable? Do you think, or are you getting any idea that they may take another kick at the can at this tournament at some point later on at a more safer time? They, they are definitely doing that. They are definitely trying to, to, to host another world junior championship with the same age group, with all the same eligible players in the summer. That's, that's to them is the only time it'll be possible. They're thinking either late June or July, as a potential site for the world juniors there, they are also planning to try and figure out what to do with the other tournaments that were canceled in January, including the women's world under 18 championship. You're hundred percent, right? The funding from the, the, the world juniors and the men's world championship pay for everything. I mean, without those, they, the other tournaments are unable to go on. They're not able to have as many divisions. They're not as able to have that, that level of promotion and, and things that happen beneath the world junior and, and world men's championship and world women's championship levels. So it is an important, financial capability for that however the double ihf i feel is very well funded i feel that they have a sur they have you know certainly the last year has it has hurt their pocketbook um but if there's a will there's a, often a way which is why i think there were a lot of people that were really upset that they just outright canceled the women's world under 18s before ever announcing a postponement and it wasn't until the rest of us uh, out here were, were criticizing the double ihf by saying why not postpone it or at least explore other options so apparently over the next month for both this tournament and the others, the IIHF is going to put together a feasibility study of how to put these tournaments together. Will the same players be invited? I think they would love to do that. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to because 
we don't know who's going to be available. Owen Power should be signed with the Buffalo Sabres by that point, as should Jake Sanderson with the Ottawa Senators. So, I mean, those players are, are potentially not going to be available because the decision is no longer solely theirs. It's also their team's. And so, because neither of those guys are under NHL contract right now. So there are a lot of logistical issues ahead to try and make this happen. And certainly the the hope is that they would host it in Canada. They would host it in a situation that that would help the, the fans get into the building so that there could be a revenue stream. Certainly TV rights and things like that also help pay some of the bills, but they really do rely on that, on that, uh, on those ticket sales. So there are so many moving parts to this. And so many things that have to break just right to get both the World Juniors, the World Women as under-18s, and all the other second-tier second tournaments, second- and third-tier tournaments they want to try to hold and see what they can do with it. I just don't know if it will happen. I hope it does. I just don't know if it will. Chris Peters with us discussing the cancellation of the World Junior Hockey Championships here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, you know, your main interest in this is the actual players in the games. I know we're talking about everything off the ice. We didn't get a ton of hockey, but we did get some games in. I mean, I, I guess from my perspective, I mean, the big story was Mitch, it wasn't even about next year's draft. It's about the following one with <laughs> yeah. Mitch Coffin Bedard. I mean, uh, maybe just I mean, what did you see from those? And for folks that maybe weren't aware of Mitch Koff, at least, I know everyone's heard of Connor Bedard. What do you see from those two players? And when we're talking about them as prospects, I mean, where do they rank for you amongst some of the best one-two punches we've seen in drafts over the past 20 years? Boy, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I I feel like we're talking about, you know, we haven't seen a one-two. I mean, I'd say McDavid and Eichel were pretty good one-two. These guys could be better. I think you've got one A, one B here. I don't think there's a ton of separation between the two of them. I think the thing that only really separates them is that Matt Vemichkov is under contract until 2026. So you got to wait for him if you draft them. So so here's the deal with 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 both players. I think they're special. No question about it. They are very different. They're both incredible goal scorers. They are, but they do it in a very different way. I'd say that Bedard is a bit more explosive. He's a little bit more flashy. There's some more puck skill to him. Um, I would say that Mitchkov is the far more cerebral player. He's calculating. He is. He, he just decides that he will score goals. And he scored two that were really fluky in the first game. And then he scored a classic Mitchkov goal where he just, you know, found a seam and and ripped the shot and and it was perfect. I've never seen a player with his level of offensive timing. I've never seen a player with his anticipation skills. I think he's got some of the best offensive hockey sense I've ever seen. And he's not a big guy. He's not particularly strong, and he's not particularly explosive as a skater. But he is a smart, smart hockey player who simply knows how to score goals. And I would, you know, I think the difference is going to be that Bedard will be the number one pick because he doesn't have that same KHL contract situation. Whoever gets him is going to be thrilled because he is a legit number one guy that will be uh, a difference maker for a team for a number of years. But you're looking at Mitch Cobb and you're saying, could this guy be one of the great scorers of all time? Could he be one of the guys that that legitimately threatens records and 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 you know, assuming he comes over soon enough, you know, because he's not going to be like Alex Ovechkin who came over at the first possibility that he could. Um, that that won't be the case with Matt Bay Mitchkov. So I, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing both of those two guys progress over the years. I'm devastated that we won't be able to see them continue. Bedard had his four-goal game. Mitch Cobb had already had three goals. I know they were watching each other's stat lines and going back and forth. I, I think that we are looking uh, at two of two, you know, we're, we, we, we throw around generational too much, but I want to say we're looking at two very, very special players that will be superstars in the National Hockey League. Well, let me ask you this. Um, let's just say that 
the KHL contract didn't exist and um, they're both going in. Um, is there one guy that, you know, just based on their talent and how they project to being NHLers that stands above the other in your mind? I still, it's so hard because of that, because of how different they are. I still lean towards the more dynamic explosive player in a, in a Bedard. I think that he'll be able to impact the game in a few more ways than Mitchkov can. But the other thing about Mitchkov is he is mean. He is nasty. He gets after it. He digs for pucks. He fights for his offense. And he's a little better at that than Connor Bedard is at this point in time. Um, I think we have to wait and see if Connor's going to grow anymore. He's about five foot nine. Mitch Cobb is about five ten or so. So they're right in the same range size wise. They're not huge guys. But, you know, I, I think that for me, Bedard, and th- this is throwing the contract out, Bedard has a little bit more pop to him. The thing about Mitch Cobb is I, hockey sense is always the number one thing that I look at in a prospect. And I really do feel that he is one of the elite. I, I feel he's an offensive genius because his goal scoring is not, is not like he just blows pucks past goalies. He, he, his net sense and everything else. That's, that's how he scores goals. He's one of the more special players that I've had the chance to watch. Chris Peters, this has been great. Hey, just on the way out, everyone in the chat here in Winnipeg will kill me if I don't ask you about Cole Perfetti. And I'll throw Chaz <laughs> Lucius in as well. I mean, I know we didn't get to see a ton of those, but I mean, just your thoughts on uh, those two Jet first rounders and uh, how they're projecting going in. I, many people think we might see Cole Perfetti with the Jets at some point this season, uh, but just, you know, maybe talk quickly about their tournament and where they sit in as uh, NHL prospects in your mind. Yeah, so Cole, going into the tournament, Cole Perfetti was my pick to win the scoring title. And I think he unofficially ends up with the most points in the tournament. He had six points in, in the tournament. So I win. Um, but anyway, so, so Cole Perfetti, similar to Mitchkov, I think Cole Perfetti is one of the most dynamic playmakers. Um, and because of his, his vision and his hockey sense, he makes incredible passes, incredible reads, always puts the puck in the right place at the right time. Love his decision-making. I think he's also a smart individual. He's, you know, I think he was this classic player of the year in the OHL as well. So, you know, he's, he's book smart on top of being hockey smart. And in this tournament, we saw a dominant player. We saw a player who was dictating the pace, who was making sure that he was making plays, making everyone around him better. And the precision of, in his game is, is second to none. I mean, he is a very uh, refined hockey player. The different, you know, I think the thing that things that are concerns is that, you know, certainly the size and certainly he's not the most explosive skater. But when you have the intelligence that he does, I think that more than makes up for it. And I feel like he's going to be a special player as well. I think he's a, you know, I I hope he does get more opportunities with the Jets this year. I think it's good that he's played in the AHL for the last two seasons and had a chance to play against pros because he's, he's playing against older, stronger players. But I'm really excited about him. As far as Chaz Lucius goes, the thing that Chaz hopefully will happen, and this is all a luck thing, is he needs to stay healthy. He's had some issues with injuries over the last couple of years that have really knocked him uh, back a little bit. But he's a dynamic, dynamically skilled player. He has really quick hands, a great shot. I really like the way that he does pretty much everything in his game. Um, but the one thing that I think that we saw at the World Juniors in the ver- in the one and only game, and so you can you take it with a grain of salt. But I've I've watched him play in college as well. Is that you know his pace is going to have to improve for him to be a more impactful player. That was the big knock on him coming into the draft. Is that you know is does he have the pace to 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 be able to be that dynamic of an offensive player? Will he keep up with the play? I think he's a really smart kid. I think he's also getting stronger, and as he stays healthy uh, and is able to play more, I think that there are going to be elements of his game that will improve. Um, he did draw two penalties that, that led to two power play goals for Team USA, and that was showed that he's not just a, a skill guy. He was making those plays based on effort as well. 
Um, and he's a competitor. He's a competitor. You know, he he grew up in it pretty pretty well off, and 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 you know had a lot of advantages that a lot of players don't in terms of you know the amount of of, of hockey training that he got from a young age and and individual training, and it shows. And and I think that players like him are creative and will continue to be. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him develop. I think he's still got a few years at Minnesota, two maybe even three before you bring him out. And but but I do think he's going to be a player for the Jets down the road. Chris, this has been an awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time. People are really enjoying the chat. Um, fill us in on uh, what you've got uh, going on over at Daily Faceoff. And I know there's a lot of people that would like to hear more from you, especially on the World Juniors and the prospects. Uh, fill us in on the Talking Hockey Sense podcast, too. Absolutely, yeah. So um, most of my uh, reporting on on the World Juniors is, is available at dailyfaceoff.com. I'll also have draft rankings and things coming very soon on that as well was certainly hoping that we would have uh have have a world juniors to add to that but we don't and then uh i also have my Substack, hockeysense.substack.com hockey sense with chris peters which is another place where i opine and write and do all sorts of different things um for hockey fans that are prospect specific and then as you mentioned talking hockey sense is the podcast i'll have a special episode uh available tomorrow it's available wherever you get podcasts um, I'm taking questions on Twitter right now for the most, you know, the things that people want to know know most about the World Juniors. It's going to be a completely uh, debrief, a complete debrief of everything that I've learned and know um, on the podcast. So if you don't subscribe to Hockey Sense or you haven't seen it on on Talking or on uh, Daily Faceoff, you'll be able to listen to it on that podcast. Well, get on and uh, fill in the inbox for your questions coming out of this World Juniors cancellation for Chris. He's at Chris M. Peters on Twitter. And definitely check out the pod and the work over at Daily Faceoff. Chris, thanks a lot. I mean, I guess we're going to have to, uh, you know, watch the college football playoff or something on New Year's <laughs> Eve. I know we were all planning on watching Canada, Finland. And have, we have a Jets game canceled as well. They were supposed to be playing in Calgary, Gosh. but uh, we will get through it. And uh, listen, we want to wish you all the best for 2022. Thanks so much. This is a great conversation. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk in the new year. Yeah, same to you, Hustler. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's always great to be with you. Beautiful. All the best. There he is, Chris Peters. That was awesome. Uh, an unfortunate topic to really get into. Um, with the disappointment of the tournament not going forward, but um, you know, a really great mind when it comes to scouting. One of Frank's guys over at Daily Faceoff, and uh, definitely if you're into prospect evaluation, draft prospecting, and whatnot, check out the Talking Hockey Sense podcast. That was Chris Peters. All right, still lots to come. Of course, it is New Year's Eve. I was joking with Chris Abbott from Coolbet on the uh, on the podcast of uh, the Lockshot podcast earlier today that. You know, with uh, bars and everything closing at 10 o'clock, we're going to need to have a newfie New Year's here where we, in fact, celebrate New Year's when it's midnight in Newfoundland, which is 9.30 here. That'll give you half an hour to uh, cheers your friends and then get the heck out of the bar. Obviously, most people are staying home and probably smart right now. Uh, but if you do want to make the uh, best of your New Year's, make sure you ring it in with some Little Brown Jug. Of course, they've got the iconic 1919 brand. The Winter Variety Pack with four different beers is phenomenal, as well as the new Brute IPA brewed this month, celebrating their five-year anniversary. It is a uh, champagne-like extra dry IPA with flavors of citrus and stone fruit. Definitely goes well with your New Year's celebration. And check them out online at littlebrownjug.ca. They do have delivery services in Winnipeg and so much more. And if you're out and about, pop in, say hi, and check out their amazing facility down on William Avenue at the Tap Room. Uh, of course, a big Happy New Year and thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. I'd really hoped that we'd be doing some extensive Princess Auto curling reports all week. 
talking about what was supposed to be happening out in Portage La Prairie at the mixed curling Olympic qualifications. That, like the World Juniors and so many other things, has been mothballed. We'll uh, cover the story as to how they're going to select our mixed representatives going forward. But of course, Princess Auto, great supporter of curling and Winnipeg Sports Talk, and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Family-owned, headquartered nationwide right here in Winnipeg, two local locations. And of course, you can also order and shop online 24-7, 365 over at Princess Auto auto.com and uh well it is a little disappointing we won't be gathering at bp to watch the canada finland game on new year's eve however your boston pizza local boston pizza is still there for you dining room and lounge at 50 percent right now and while everyone stays home you can still get the great taste of boston pizza delivered right to you hit up your local bp by phone or go online to bostonpizza.com. Get those gourmet pizzas, Boston wings, and so much more delivered quick and easy. Big thanks to BP for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we've got lots to get to. Let's get Remus back in here. Um, and Remus, man, it's been a great show. I know it's a little bit of a quieter week with so many things being canceled, um, but it was an awesome conversation with Andrew Harris and a really, really interesting World Junior wrap-up with Chris Peters. That was a, a phenomenal flurry of information from Chris. Oh, yeah. When I uh, topped it off with some actual prospect information, I know a lot of people here um, pumped to see about the new, uh, sorry, about uh, Chaz Lucius and Cole Perfetti, how they perform, but also, you know, a good look at the tournament, uh, where it went wrong and, you know, if it could have been salvaged. And I think there were a lot of changes, you know, with the current climate. And I don't know if uh, it was necessarily possible. I mean, is unfortunate for everyone that is deaf that was canceled seeing a lot of interesting stuff come out on it but yeah it's um i, I think the bottom line is just uh is really too bad yeah no it 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 sucks i mean i think if they could have possibly had an idea that there's was uh, at all a possibility things would have been done very differently but um you know there certainly will be a lot of soul searching and a lot of questions asked as to what did and what didn't happen leading to the cancellation of the tournament darb your our guy thanks so much for the super chat Weekly dime drop, best of the season all. Just got the time to drop in. Bummer about the juniors aid. This insanity will all be over come the end of February. Patience is a virtue. Darb, happy new year to you. Thank you for the support. And goddamn, I hope that you are right. Um, all right, no more guests today. We are going to, though, we've got a number of other hockey topics we want to get into right now. Um, but Remo, we do have a, a little Winnipeg sports talk best of 2021 trivia to get to. Um, if people missed the debut of Winnipeg Sports Talk Trivia last week, it was a big hit. Um, we will have, we do have a prize, a very, very nice Winnipeg Jets toque available for whoever takes it down today. Um, so Remo, before we get into some of these other hockey stories, why don't you fill people in on how they get involved? We can get some people signing up and registered. And then when we're finished, uh, you know, hitting around some of these other topics, we can get into the trivia. Fill them in. All right. I'm putting it up here. This is the uh, the QR code. I'll write it in chat. Crowd dot live. Enter code EU nine PR. EU nine PR. So I'm putting it in chat. And hey, if you're listening to a, to this portion on the podcast where we do the trivia, or you listened last time, let us know if you enjoyed it or not. I think it still comes through. We ask the questions. You can still play along. Obviously, you're not here live, but I think it still works. But 
There's the uh, there's the code. And I'll, there it is. I'll, EU9PR. You want to go to crowd.live and enter the code. Uh, how many questions do we have? Is it a tenner? This is a tenner. This is a ten okay. spot. Ten Perfect. Spot. So if you're in the chat right now, just click that link right at the top. Put in E. What is it? EU9PR. Um, and in about 10 minutes or so, we will get into the uh, the trivia and uh, maybe I'll rip over and grab the two and show you guys what we will be playing for in just a minute. So uh, while everyone gets in, we only have a, a hundred spots in it. So uh, please get in as fast as you can if you do want to do it. Um, and it looks like we've got a hundred likes too. If you haven't already hit that thumbs up, please do help us out. It, uh, it definitely helps us spread the channel. All right, Remo, while people sign up for the trivia, Let's talk about a few of the other stories coming out of the National Hockey League. I mentioned Peyton Krebs making his Buffalo Sabres debut last night along with Alex Tuck in that loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Tough loss for the Oilers last night. Um, but there is going to be a game played on the weekend. Of course, it is the Winter Classic. Uh, Minnesota Wild hosting, is it Nashville? Um, the story, uh, though, yes. less about the oh, no. actual. It's, it's Minnesota St. Louis. Nashville's playing Tampa in that other outdoor game. That's they right. Have, that's they have right. terrible jerseys. We can get into that later. <laughs> they do. Um, but man, this game, I mean, we're all belly aching about the weather and justifiably so. This is one of those deep freezes we inevitably get a couple times in the winter. But it sounds like this deep freeze is not, uh, it is not only north of the border. It looks like daytime highs for the Twin Cities for a game in which 40,000 are expected to pack Target Field. The daytime high is going to be minus 20 Celsius. I mean, they're essentially dealing with pretty close to what we've got right now. And I know we all sat through the Western Final and talked about it with Andrew Harris earlier. Um, this sounds like it is going to be extreme for Wild and Blues fans that are getting to the ballpark to see this game on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I saw the article on NHL.com says the Winter Classic's going to go ahead despite extreme conditions. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I mean, extreme. This is extreme for the U.S. where, you know, minus five gets kind of extreme. But then I went and Googled downtown Minneapolis weather because it's at Target Field. And, oh, here, Saturday, uh, the day of the Winter Classic, minus 20. Feels like minus 30. And I... <laughs> I mean, I was at the Bomber game, Huss. Like, being there as a fan, I can't imagine what it was like as a player. I thought the conditions were inhumane. Um, so we'll, it seems like they're going to give her on it. But, um, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I guess maybe I'm more likely to tune in. But if you're a fan, I don't know how you can justify sitting there. Well, you know what? They're, they're a hearty bunch there in uh, the state of hockey, much like we are here on the prairies. Um, I know there's a border in between us, but back to the matter is, and most times of the year, there's not a lot of difference between the weather uh, in Minnesota, North Dakota, or right here in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Uh, and they're getting it too. So uh, if you're planning on getting to the Winter Classic, bundle up. You're going to need it. And we will look forward to watching that game coming up on the weekend. Speaking of the wild, Dean Evison got an extension. What a job he's done since taking over from Bruce Boudreaux as an interim head coach. Yeah. I mean, congratulations to him and his staff. Seems like he was waiting for the extension to be announced until they also did his staff. So I remember he was brought in. Um, first of all, he's a, but he's from Winnipeg as well. So shout out to that. And they ha have had some success. I mean, they have some uh, definite um, new what new talent come in like Kaprizov much different than before, but I mean, you can't argue with the su success they have. Let's keep it going. And I mean, hopefully we can see uh, Minnesota here 
Suguna was supposed to be the January 10 game and supposed to play again on Monday, but of course postponed. But I'm sure that'll be a rivalry that'll be going on uh, for years to come. No doubt about it. Now closer to home, and uh, I hate to just keep on talking about postponements and cancellations, but uh, unfortunately, that's the way things are right now. The WHL um, announced late yesterday the postponement of four WHL regular season games in Manitoba, Brandon and Winnipeg. Interesting that it's just happening here, and maybe this is somewhat similar to what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets, not wanting to play without any fans just because of the financial damage to the club. Um, but there's four games. First of all, there was supposed to be a New Year's Day game in Brandon between Red Deer and the Wheaties. That game has now been moved to Monday, February 7th. And then three other games have been postponed and will be rescheduled at a later date. The Moose Jaw Warriors here in Winnipeg to take on the ice at the Ice Cave on Monday, January 3rd. That one's off. Friday, January 7th, the Calgary Hitmen playing the Brandon Wheat Kings. And then the Hitmen scheduled to play against the ice on Saturday, January 8th. Both of those games are off. If you do have tickets for those games, um, you're encouraged to hold on to your tickets and further information from the host club's ticket office will be available. Um, but, you know, we do wonder right now, I mean, how exactly and at what point are the Jets going to be able to resume their home schedule, hopefully playing in front of fans here in Winnipeg. Um, and it's trickling down to the junior clubs as well, Reem. Yeah, I just thought Q's postponed for a while. So, you know, we're just seeing postponement after postponement. I mean, it's kind of depressing looking at your timeline, but that's the way it is. And you hope that it can improve as, you know, time you wait a bit and then it should improve quickly. As Darbior said in the Super Chat us, what did he say? It'll be done February 22. So <laughs> I'll say is a super chat. Hopefully that will be the take of 2021, calling a shot. We get through a few tough weeks and uh, come back. And again, February was when, you know, we had that big open space in the uh, NHL schedule because the NHLers were supposed to be going to the Olympics. We know that's not happening right now. And the plan is, I would assume, for some of these games that the Jets have missed here in December and in early January to be made up at that point. But um, I think there's still a little ways away from really establishing a plan to get those games made up until we've got a better idea about where we're going with uh, Omicron and what it's doing here uh, in Manitoba. Uh, a few football notes, and by the way, I think I mentioned this at the top of the hour, but if you missed it, um, did get together with Dustin Nielsen for the latest edition of The Lock Shop. We won't talk a lot of NFL today on the program, but if you do want to get into uh, some picks, our boosted partner parlay and all that. It's all there at cool bet. It's all there on Twitter uh, at dusties. I've put it out at mine as well at Hustlerama. search lock shop on uh, your favorite podcast feed. All that's there for the weekend in the NFL. We do also have a boosted parlor partner parlay. We'll let you know about that when we uh, plug cool bet in a minute. Um, but a couple, first of all, hilarious, you know, and I'm not sure whether this was Riley Mara, the, uh, the young Scorsese as Ed calls him from the bomber content team uh but somebody from the bombers social media team is locked up with their in-laws on the farm for the last 13 days and uh i'm not sure whether it was just boredom or what but put together a pretty hilarious tweet um tweet thread today um involving cows farming and extreme cold so certainly check that out yeah uh, do you, but do the, you want to do the call of the uh did you see this one Hus? <laughs> fire it up okay wait this was this is where we're at. This is we're at that point of the pandemic, Hus, where 
the bomber's Twitter account is tweeting out, um, I don't know, what is this? Like, I, I don't even know how to describe this, but listen, here's, here's the call. Hold on, I'm going to unmute. Here we go. He's to the 25, the 30, the 35, the 40, the 45, center field 40, the 30, cuts it back at the 20, the 15, the 10, touchdown! He's to the 20. Yeah, sorry, has, you, couldn't, you couldn't hear that, but it is Bob Irving doing a call. He's at the 20, the 30, the 45, <laughs> touchdown. So it is a tractor. For those on podcast, that was a tractor dumping a giant hay bale near a bunch of cows if i yeah perfect I, swish per, perfect execution yeah. by whoever was in that piece of machinery to drop that in for the cows so uh yeah anything to occupy oneself through some downtime right now bombers twitter and social media just phenomenal always some entertaining stuff there is a little bit of bombers news though and this should be no surprise that deandre alford after the incredible season he had a breakout star a CFL all-star playing for that blue bomber defense is getting plenty of NFL interest. And it sounds like the Detroit lions are the next team to be hosting Deandre Alford for a visit this week. The uh, lions taking on the Seattle Seahawks on the weekend. There's seven point underdogs in the game. Um, but uh, listen, I can't be surprised at all. I mean, you knew that, you know, when you win and play the way that that defense did, historically great, there was going to be some opportunities for other players, especially the young guys. And, um, you know, Alford coming in, playing the way that he did this year, should be absolutely no surprise that he's garnering some NFL interest, much like Winston Rose did coming out of 2019. Yeah, I posted this on our Facebook page. This is a reminder. To follow us on that Winnipeg Sports Talk, or just, I think it's in the description of this video uh, down down here. But uh, I, I guess I had a typo on the Facebook post. I meant to write he was hosted uh, by the Lions. I wrote hosed. And uh, <laughs> I think it was actually good for our Facebook engagement. Because I think if I post that, I don't know how many comments people get, you know, people write. But uh, yeah, you're, play, you're playing chess and everyone else is playing I checkers. So. The I, intentional misspelled word uh, to like, get I'm, people going on Facebook. I'm like PFT here. Um, and shout out to Russell Etkow who commented, please spell check. You are the best sports programmer we have. Don't lower yourself to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, if we're the best, uh, we're in trouble. So uh, <laughs> take it easy, Russ. Well, take it easy, yeah, Russ. Take it easy. That's yeah. just a yellow card. Yellow card for Reap. I think and again, of all the things you could screw up, hosted into host actually is quite funny, I would say. Yeah. I, and yes, Dan Milburn says, you know, you can correct typos. Yes. Once it was, I was notified. I corrected it <laughs> immediately. I don't know if that's bottom of the barrel making a typo, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did. I'm blaming it on this keyboard. I have a new one coming in. So sorry about that for anyone uh, who was offended. So I, sorry. I, I, I hope we'll be able to go. Oh, and hosed might, you know, pass the spell check. That's the thing. That's certainly a word in my vocabulary. I'll tell you that much. All right. We're going to get into it with, uh, with the trivia. So uh, one more time, folks, the link is at the top of the chat. Hit that one, crowd.live. The code is EU9PR. Remo, I'll give you a minute to close that up while I let you know that our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ are still going throughout this deep freeze and well, 365 days a year now with all four locations, including the one in St. Fatale on St. Anne's Road. There's the DQ in Niverville, the DQ Northgate, both of those with drive-throughs. You don't even have to get out of the car. 
the DQ in Polo Park if you're at the mall, and of course the DQ at St. Anne's, which as I mentioned is now open year-round. And you can get those amazing hamburgers, fries, chicken fingers, blizzards, and more by ordering on Skip the Dishes and DoorDash. Of course, you know, those DQ ice cream cakes are a great 12 months a year, even when it's cold outside. If you've got a party or an event coming up, maybe for New Year's, Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get something done up quick and easy for you, ready for you to go and for pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Again, that is DQ Manitoba on Instagram. Um, Tomorrow, Friday, our New Year's show, we will, of course, have the final marble race of the year. And um, our friends at Canadian Club have been such great sponsors of ours with the hoodies and the ride that we've been giving out. We will do that one more time in 2021 tomorrow on the program so make sure to join us on winnipeg sports talk for the final marble race uh and of course canadian club a great addition to any new year's celebrations and of course we had andrew harris on earlier today there's still our limited edition uh blue bomber 2021 gray cup champion jim beam cups available at your local manitoba liquor mart 18 of them in the city two of them outside the city so if you are looking for the Jim Beam promo, as we're seeing in the uh, on the screen on YouTube right now, um, you can maybe call your local Manitoba Liquor Mart to make sure they've still got quantities left. Uh, but if you buy Jim Beam, you'll get one of the Jim Beam Blue Bomber Grey Cup Champion mugs or glasses available in limited quantities throughout the city while supplies last. And of course, Canadian Club, great promos throughout the month of December as well. Look for the displays. You can win 5,000 bonus air miles and bonus air miles on all Canadian club purchases. Um, and let's get to, uh, quickly, I mentioned with CoolBet that we uh, did the lock shop picks. All of the NFL is up. We'll talk a little bit more about the NFL coming up later on. Uh, but Rima, we got some big bowl games today, including, what is it, the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Okay, have you... Coming is, up a little later on today? Did that already happen, or did that is that later? Because... Um... I'm seeing a lot of videos about mayo on Twitter. It's pretty gross. Um, I'm like, what is happening with mayo? It's the Duke's, the Duke's mayo bowl, and the coach who wins gets mayo dumped on. Uh, did this already happen? Yeah, you know what? I'm just looking at it right now. South Carolina beat North Carolina 38-21. Um, and I guess Steve Spurrier used to be the coach of uh, South Carolina. It would have been hilarious to see the old ball coach get dunked in mayo. Uh, but yes, I mean, last night, a thriller at the so, Cheez-It Bowl, where so there was gross. Cheez-Its all over the place. I, I really miss the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. That was one of my favorite obscure named bowl games. Uh, but yeah, we do have a bunch of bowl games today. Uh, you can get the lines at CoolBet right now. Just looking at, what do we have here? Uh, Purdue and Tennessee picking off. Uh, actually, that's tomorrow. No, no, today's the 30th, right? Mixing it up here. Purdue, Tennessee. Pittsburgh and Michigan State tonight. Arizona at Wisconsin later on tonight. Wisconsin, a big eight and a half point favorite. Um, and we touched on these a little bit in the lock shop, but the big games tomorrow that I think a lot of people will watching be watching now because there's no Canada, Finland, um, the college football playoff, Georgia and Michigan, Georgia, seven and a half point favorite. And earlier tomorrow afternoon, it's Bama. Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide, a big 13 and a half point favorite against the Cincinnati Bearcats. You know, Zach Caleros and Travis Kelsey, former Bearcats, are going to be pulling for their old team. Uh, as far as the NHL goes, uh, actually a pretty busy night tonight. We do have some hockey to watch. Habs, Canes, 
Kane's obviously a massive favorite. Canadians decimated right now with the lineup. But Nashville and Columbus, pretty much a pick that game in CBJ. Uh, Tampa and Florida, the battle of Florida, the Sunshine State. Panthers, a minus 143 favorite. Islanders, minus 217 over the Buffalo Sabres, who played last night. Calgary at the Kraken. The Flames, a minus 179 road favorite. The Canucks look to go eight in a row. They're a road underdog. I don't know. I think I might just keep riding with Bruce. Didn't he call his shot? Ten in a row would be great on the cameo that he did. Canucks plus 117 on the road at the Kings. And the final game tonight, the Philadelphia Flyers at the San Jose Sharks. Flyers plus 142 on the road. Sharks laying minus 169. And uh, bet builders are now available for hockey on CoolBet. You can pop on a game and you can essentially do an in-game parlay. You can say, I think this team's going to win. I think this guy's going to score. I think there's going to be total goals and put it all in together for a much bigger payout. Click on the game, click on bet builder and have a little fun with that. Of course, if you've never played at CoolBet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. And all the NFL picks and the partner parlay are up at the lock shop. And of course, you can get the lock shop partner parlay over at CoolBet. All right, um, Remo, there's only one thing left to do. And let's see who our trivia champion will be today. Um, fill people in on how this is all going to work. Uh, I'm just going to go grab the Atuk to show people what we're playing for. Yes. Um, so here we go. I'm going to put this on. We're going to do this trivia. If you want, there's a couple spots left. We can do max 100. We have about. 63 so your chances are are pretty good right now um these are questions about winnipeg sports in 2021 you may remember some of these events you may completely forget about them i have no idea but if you want to get in crowd.live code eu9pr you know open it in another browser you can scan it with your scan the qr code with your phone and Apparently, on iphone you don't even need a qr app you just pull out your camera and take a picture of it it'll take you right to the website and you don't even have to put in the thing and i'm seeing a lot of mayo i just want to weigh in on mayo because a lot of people are giving hot takes on mayo on twitter because of that <laughs> duke's mayo bowl i saw the broadcasters dip oreos in mayo and the coach the winning coach got mayo dumped on him i would never i would never do it that must get i would need extra money i think to do that i would not would not allow them to dump mayo on me that is disgusting and uh, I like, I mean, I like mayo on like a sandwich or a burger, but uh, not, I don't like it enough to dump a dunk an Oreo in it. Uh, pretty nasty. So I, I like mayo. I like Oreos. Doesn't sound very good together. And maybe at some point when we have some sort of outlandish bet, I'm going to try to get you to commit to getting mayo dunked on you. If you Zero chance. At some, at some point in how 2022. How do you even fill up a Gatorade thing with mayo? Like, wh how are you doing that? You're not going to the store and buying a bunch of 500 ml bottles and dumping them in, are you? <laughs> no, 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 definitely. We're talking to the good people at Dukes or whoever the mayo company is <laughs> like, sponsoring like, you getting mayoed. And they're like that, Stone Cold we'll Steve happen. Austin. They got like the hose. He's got a hose of mayo. Stone <laughs> <laughs> <Down> Cold. <laughs> oh, man. Nothing will ever top Kurt Angle with the milk truck. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, okay. So um, I guess close it up and uh, let's yeah, get her sure. going. We, Folks, yeah, we... we've got two great prizes. Uh, well, we've got a, a prize. Your choice. One of these two awesome Jets toques from Royal Sports. You can pop by and see all. I got so much great stuff over at Royal. Here's the first one. This is the retro reverse toque. 
Very, very cool. I love the, just see if I can do a better job of putting that out there. So there's the retro reverse one. And here is the heritage classic one. Very, very nice. Nice little shiny NHL thing on the back. That's hockey. So whoever wins, you'll get the choice of, um, of whichever uh, style you want. And we'll put that out. So Remo, we've got 10 questions. We put these together last night, just sort of uh, putting it together. Oh, and by the way, one thing I meant to I meant to get to just as we get into trivia, a huge shout out and congratulations to Desiree Scott and the Canadian National Women's Soccer Team, who was announced today as Canada's Team of the Year. Hell of a choice. Um, anyone that was watching Winnipeg Sports Talk throughout that event knew how into it I was. And I think a lot of people got on the bandwagon as we went through the tournament. But I mean, just a magical ending for uh, Desiree and the girls. And uh, I think Desiree might come up in this event. So I won't talk too much uh, about it until we get into the trivia. Uh, but a huge congratulations to Des and the women that made us so proud winning that gold medal. Uh, all right, Remo, well, let's uh, let's get this thing fired up. All right, let's go. And we do have uh, our trivia song, Huss, thanks to Tristan. Oh, River yes, Music. yes, yes. And can you make sure that I can hear this when you play it? Yeah, I set it up for you. I got to find the button with the song, but it is. Oh, yeah, here. I remember where it is. Okay, here. Ready for this is this it's officially trivia time on wst when tristan rivers drops Oh, absolutely epic contribution to the show from the legend himself, Tristan Rivers Music. So, Give him a follow on Twitter. So I emailed Tristan actually about doing some other themes for us, Huss. And um, he responded. I was shocked to read this. He's like, by the way, you know, everything I do doesn't have to be influenced by 80s hair metal. I can just, I can, I'm like, what? It's like it just ends up that way. Hustlerama, like, Tristan Rivers rap single coming up in 2022. Yeah. Get ready for it. I've got I've got bars, everyone. You know that. Yeah, so we'll have to I'll have to get in touch with him. Maybe we'll get some like videos go along so we don't have to sit here like nodding our heads and air guitaring. I love it. And of course, um, we should uh, hopefully have the return of Kenny and Rennie after the game on Sunday. Um, and of course, Tristan in addition to be uh, a WST hardcore supporter and with us often in the program, uh, also the brains and the genius behind uh, the uh, Enter Kenny song and the Sean's Headband song as well. Uh, by the end of 2022, there should be an album, a Tristan Rivers album of just Winnipeg sports online songs that we can put together. We Maybe we'll put it out and raise some money for charity or something like that. But uh, man, he does a great job. We'll put it on Spotify or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to do that. I know how to get them on there. So we'll figure, 
We'll figure it out. Right on. Okay, folks, 10 questions. The winner will get their choice of these two toques. Um, and I guess the thing that's important to know, if you miss the first time, we're going to ask you a question. There'll be four possible answers. It's multiple choice. But the key is to answer correctly as soon as possible. The faster you answer correctly, the more points you get. Uh, again, the topic today on Trivia Time for Winnipeg Sports Talk is 2021 in Winnipeg sports. Remus, let's do it. Okay, well, I'm just going to make sure I put in all the answers correctly. One, one last check my work because I didn't check my work earlier on yeah, uh, our Facebook page and someone from a spelling mistake I made a spelling rock mistake. bottom of the barrel you uh, hit rock bottom apparently like, a, a typo <laughs> f changing hosted to hose bottom of the story <laughs> I'm really sorry about that one I got again I got a new keyboard it has bigger keys so I'm pretty sure these are all correct but you never know it's important to double check your work I never did that on my test at school did you check your work after no I just want to get the hell out of there no, I just submitted it. I submit. I was so bad at that checking my work. Never. It's probably expl explains a lot. All right, um, so we good. There's no <laughs> no screw ups in our uh, excellently no. curated questions. Yeah, you and I did these. So uh, you yeah, and I these did. are homegrown questions put together by us. We are not playing in it. So good luck to everyone. Ten questions. Winner gets their choice of two. You can pick that up at some point convenient over the next little while. Um, it's trivia time on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's go with question number one. Good luck, everybody. All right. I'm starting the countdown. We got 10 seconds. My daughter says, we got to draw it out, Trevor Red Ranger. We got to get as many people. We got 81 in chat. Here we are. First nice question. Okay. All right. What did Winnipeg's downtown arena change its name to in 2021? Starting off with one I think everyone should get. This is, we don't do practice questions, Hus, but this is about as close. Is it Canada Life Place, Canada Life Arena, Canada Life Garden, or Canada Life Center? Um, to come up with the options, Hus, I did have to Wikipedia what every arena was named. <laughs> Christopher Metz has already messed it up. See, I didn't think this was as easy. You're like, oh, everyone's going to get that. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All, all right. I would imagine most people get it right. Uh, it would be D, Canada Life Center, and... Let's see who uh, who's at the top of the list after one question. Okay, wait, hold on. Let's see how many people got it though. Us, fifty nine percent of people got interesting. Got the, I told you, wasn't it wasn't it much of a gimme as you thought? <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a tap in, but uh, anyways, all right. So fifty nine percent correct, and uh, let's get to the standing. Oh, Mister Roboto, <laughs> great name, great name. Eagle eyes and bear. Uh, but a ton of people way, way up there. Uh, all right, question number one in the books. Let's move on to question number two. All right, here we go. Okay, which uh, Winnipeg Jets player scored in triple overtime of game four to clinch the first round series versus the Edmonton Oilers? Was it Paul Stastny, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, or Dominic Toninato? Yeah, I had to. I mean, you think of 2021, Huss, and you think of the Jets Absolutely. series versus Edmonton. So I had to include a, a question. And uh, well, Frosty says this has to be 90%. Uh, we will I would see. think so. It is Kyle Connor. KFC delivering in triple OT. You remember it well. Um, man, that series was awesome. You know, there wasn't a lot of great things that happened in 2021, 
but sweeping the Oilers out of the playoffs is definitely a highlight right up there with the best. And even though the Jets bowed out quickly through four, uh, four games to Montreal, they can never take that away from us the way Edmonton tormented us all those years. So 62% got KFC right. Another 22% thought it may have been Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, and uh, well, 8% wrong on uh, number one and number two. No Paul Stassi, no Toninato was Kyle Connor. Yeah, uh, Dan Milman says I was hammered. I don't remember, but you might be ha- having <laughs> It mixed... was triple OT. Yeah. That well, happens. It was very late, I remember. And uh, yeah, Ehlers scored another overtime winner in that series. Stasny had one as well, and Tom Toninato with the winner in uh, game one. It wasn't in overtime, though, but Turd Ferguson jumps up to the top with one bird. Bayer, he's got two. He's two for two. I see two well. Dallas is in there. Uh, so we'll right, see. Still how it very goes. close. I mean, you look, Ishaboy Bruce is at 14th in the teens there in the 20s. So, I mean, still lots of questions, many questions, and lots of time to bounce back. Let's move on to question number three. Which of the following players was protected by the Jets in the 2021 expansion draft? Was it Jansen Harkins? Dylan DeMello, Logan Stanley, or Nathan Beaulieu. This was uh, this was a topic we debated for many, many yeah. weeks here. If, if people were watching a lot of WST earlier in the year heading into the draft, um, yeah, this certainly was. Arkins, DeMello, Stanley, Beaulieu. The jet that was protected in the Seattle expansion draft was, in fact, C. Big Stan, Logan Stanley, one of my better takes and predictions throughout the season, I will say, since we uh, since we started the show. Um, all right, so Logan Stanley is in. We're three questions down. Let's take, let's see how many people got it. 85%. 85%. Nicely done, everybody. Nicely done. Shows that you've been paying attention to Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Jets throughout the year. Uh, and where does that leave our standings heading into the fourth question? I don't think anything changed. Turd Ferguson, T-Will, and Bayer, one, two, and three. We see one bird and Phyllis in there, Frosty, Layton. So we got a... Still very, very tight. Very tight. I mean, one wrong answer and you're bounced from the top and uh, one great answer, you can get right back up to it. All right. We just had three. I'll go with question number four. Here it comes. WST trivia time for 2021. Which Winnipeg Ice player won the 2021 WHL Player of the Year Award? Of course, they played in the bubble, 24 games. Was it Connor McLennan? Was it Peyton Krebs? Owen Peterson or Connor Geeky? Again, this is the bubble 24-game season earlier this year. There were player awards, and an ice player won the Player of the Year Award. McLennan, Krebs, Peterson, or Geeky are your options. It is closed. Remo, let's get to the answer. There it is. Peyton Krebs made his Buffalo Sabres debut last night for his new team. Of course, Krebs, one of the key pieces going to the Buffalo Sabres from Vegas in the Jack Eichel trade. Um, All right. How many people got Peyton Krebs? 82%. 82%. Nicely done, everyone. Nicely done. You guys have been paying attention to the ice. Uh, where does that leave our standings right now? Heading into question number five, Reem. Similar. Turd Ferguson is number one. One bird is two. And Bayer at three. I see Ishaboy Bruce in there at four. I see Tristan. Chris Trevor's fur coat is 21. Um, bunch of people have all four correct. So I think you're in striking distance if you have that. 
Absolutely. So Turd has a 13-point lead on one bird right now as we get to uh, just about the midway point. This is question number five as we continue the best of 2021 for Winnipeg Sports Talk Trivia. Remo, you take five. Where did the Winnipeg Gold Eyes open their season? Was it Jackson, Tennessee, Fargo, North Dakota, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or Sioux Falls, South Dakota? And we were, you know, we were waiting for the Gold Eyes. This was their temporary home, by the way, like yeah. not a road game. Where did they play their home games to begin the season before oh, being so, able to come back oh, to sorry. Winnipeg? Did they? Yes. I guess if they started as a road game, they would not have opened. But what was their home stadium is the question. Exactly. So uh, you got uh, Jackson, Tennessee, Fargo, North Dakota, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And the answer is. It was Jackson, Tennessee. I guess uh, I guess I may have con- had confusing wording. I should have wrote what was their home stadium to open the season. That's OK, though. Whoops. I think everyone kind of figured bottom, out what we were talking about. I'm just, Let's see. I'm just bottom of the barrel. Here. <laughs> Get I'm, it together. Get it together. <laughs> bottom of the barrel. But apparently we're. The best sports programmers we have, apparently. Thank you. We appreciate that. Okay, what do we got here? Who got it right? How many people? Uh, oh, 56% of people. Okay, nicely think... done. Nicely done. 56%, although this could be a bit of a separator. Interesting to see what this does to the standings as we get to the midway point. Now, did more people know this than knew that the downtown arena was called Canada Life <laughs> Center? <laughs> Uh, I, think that, I think it was close. It was close, though. We're doing some market research uh, here with that one. I'll have to send that to the people at, uh, at Canada Life. They don't know that it's a... They're used to the old one as a place. All right, here we are. Uh, Bayer and One Bird. Oh, wow. One and two. SE is number three. Turd Ferguson took a spill down yeah. the standings after that one. Uh, must have... Uh, he's number 13. He's number... Th- he's, he got it right, but he wasn't as quick. It's about oh, okay. speed here. So yeah. Bayer, first place, 445. One Bird is just six points back at 239. And SE is at 425. All right, we're halfway through. Five more questions to go. These are going to be some good ones. I'm going to give you question number six as soon as it comes up right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Here we go. Who scored the most touchdowns for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in 2021? Was it Kenny Lawler? Was it Nick Dembski? Was it Andrew Harris? Or was it Sean McGuire? Lawler, Dembski, Harris, McGuire. Who scored the most touchdowns for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the 2021 season? Yeah, this is a pretty good question. I, um, someone who frequently took other players in fantasy, I always got annoyed when Sean McGuire the would, vulture. Pun- would punch everyone in. Yes, the correct answer. Is Sean McGuire. I'm interested to see. I can't wait to see the results of this one. Torturing fantasy players. You sent this to me, and I looked at it, and I was like, my first thought was Lawler, and I'm like, wait a second. No. It was was Sean McGuire. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me go back. Uh, 58% knew it was Sean McGuire. Nicely done, everyone. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, so 29% were in on Lawler, seven and six, but 58% yeah. of you, 42 correct answers had Sean McGuire. What does that do to the standings? Andrew Harris, I mean, it took him in fantasy all the time, expecting some touchdowns. And uh, like he would take it down to the one and then they just bring in Sean McGuire. McGuire like, had the most hilarious stat lines. He'd have three carries for three yeah. yards and two touchdowns. And that would be it. And then 
Yeah, exactly. It really killed. Okay, Bear still on top. 540. One bird is at 533. SE at 515. A little bit of separation. Three players in the 500s right now, uh, but still four more questions. One mistake as we saw what happened to Turd Ferguson, and you can fall precipitously down the list. All right, Remo is going to fill you in on question number seven right. coming up right now. Who did the Blue Bombers beat in the 2021 CFL season opening game at IG Field? Was it the Saskatchewan Rough Rider, the Ticat, Edmonton Elks, or the BC Lions? This is a huge game, national TV event, first CFL game in, you know, almost two years. Um, great. I mean, it was a great experience. We were there. It was like a party. Uh, very fond memories. But the answer, of course, is B, the Ticats, the team they also beat in the Grey Cup. And how many people do you think got this one? As I would say most people. I'm saying 77%. All right, we will see. And it was 70, 75. You men, that was that was pretty good. You know what? I've been you know our you know, making up all these lines on uh, these lines on Coolbet. I figured it'd be a good to be a good bookmaker. All right, so seventy five percent got it right. How quickly did it? They get it right. That's a key thing, and we'll find out what that does to the standings right now. Oh, look how tight this is. Yes, Bear and One Bird. I mean, just going toe to toe right now. Bears at six twenty seven. One Bird's at six twenty five. And SE is at 598. We're coming down to the short strokes. We've got three questions left. This coming up is question number eight. I'll fire it off to you as soon as Remus throws it up. Question number eight coming up, and here it is. How many Olympic medals has Desiree Scott won with the Canadian women's national team? How many Olympic medals? As Desiree Scott now won with Team Canada. Is it one, two, three, or four? Put in your answer. You've got five seconds left. One, two, three, or four. Des Scott, part of Canada's team of the year that I just mentioned. Of course, winning that gold medal in such thrilling fashion and uh, inspiring the entire country. Still fired up about that. One of my favorite mm -hmm. sports moments of the entire year. Uh, the answer, of course, is... Three, but finally got the gold this year in uh, mm. in the in the event of the uh, the 2020 games, as it were in uh, in 2021. Uh, all right, let's see uh, how uh, how everyone did on that one. Yeah, it's your boy Bruce writing trick question. I don't think it's a trick at all. It says Olympic medals. There's no yeah. no tricks. But 45 percent, 45 percent. All right, let's see. Let's see what that is. Come on. Not a lot of you guys have been following our uh, women's team. Couple bronzes and now a gold medal. Three Olympic medals. Des Scott, certainly the most decorated soccer player ever coming out of this province. And probably, I mean, right up there with the most decorated soccer players of all time. When you think about it, one bird pops into the lead, a 12 point lead over Bayer right now. Dandu is in third place. Every, and Dandu's still absolutely in striking distance, distance if uh, the leaders get one wrong. We've got two more questions in our best of 2021 Winnipeg Sports WST Trivia. Remo will give you question number nine right away. And again, shout out to Des, the queen, and uh, her three Olympic medals. All right. 
Your question nine. Let's do it. All right. Question nine. We got two more. Second last one. Here it is. Which Manitoba curl or women's curling team will represent Canada at the 2022 Olympics in Beijing? Is it Tracy Fleury, Jennifer Jones, or Carrie Einerson? Of course, you were at the uh, Olympic Great curling week. trials. Great week. Great week. Saw it all happen. Mm-hmm. And really, those three teams throughout the entire event were right there. Of course, it came down to an all Manitoba matchup in the final. And it was, in fact, speaking of Queens, Jennifer Jones, the best to ever do it, going back to the Olympic Games once again. I'm at, this is going to be, I think, 90%. 80, yep, man, 88%. 88%. Man, you're like on fire on these guesses. <laughs> Holy crap. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see where we let's see where we finish up here with one question to go. Who is in the lead? Uh, it's still one. Oh my God, we're coming down to it. Seven ninety six to seven ninety one. Uh, not quite a two horse race between one bird and bear. I see Hooman getting into the mix, climbing up into third place. Uh, but very very impressive results so far. But one bird, a five point lead over Bear, heading in. To the final question, I hope you're all prepared for it, especially you guys at the top. You're playing for your choice of one of these two cool Jets Tukes, Jets Tukes from Royal Sports. If you can see this one very well, I can't see the logo. Anyways, they're both both nice. Um, all right, I'm ready for you. Question number 10, the final question on our 2021 right. Winnipeg are Sports you, Talk Trivia. Are you reading this one, this last one? Yeah, I'll read this one. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up for it, too. Okay, let's give her... Number 10, which Winnipeg Jets player does not have a father who played in the National Hockey League? Is it Paul Stastny? Is it Adam Lowry? Is it Christian Reichel? Or is it Pierre-Luc Dubois? Which Jet does not have a father who played in the NHL? A is Stastny, B is Lowry, C is Reichel, and D is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, this was, I mean, a lot of talk about um, Jets players' dads. (laughs) This year, of course, Lowry's dad is the coach. Uh, Paul Stasny, uh, talk about his family. Pierre-Luc Dubois' father is with the Moose. <clears throat> but uh, I had to look this one up. The answer is D, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, his father, Eric Dubois, is his coach for the Moose, but he did not play in the <laughs> NHL. He played in the ECHL and in Europe as well. So let's see how many people... Of course, Christian Reichel's father was uh, Robert Reichel yes. of the uh, Calgary Flames back in the day. That that is correct, and he's practicing on the third line today. We'll have to wait and see. He got in his first game the other day, um, but here we go. Let's see the how many got this one. Seventy four percent. Seventy four percent. Nice. <clears throat> now let's see if that shakes up the standings at the top of the list. Oh, Who that's... is our winner? Drum roll. One bird. Nicely done, one bird. <clears throat> one bird was right at the top throughout it. You know, d- going neck and neck with Bear and with Turd Ferguson, but one bird is our champion today for another episode of Trivia Time on Winnipeg Sports Talk. That was a lot of fun. Wunberg, congratulations. Fire us an email yeah. uh, or hit us up on Twitter with a DM. Uh, you can let us know whether you want the uh, whether you want the Heritage Toque or the Reverse Retro Toque. Kind of like the Reverse Retro one. Anyways, they're both really nice. You let me know. We'll figure out a time to uh, to pick it up. And uh, great way to end the show, man. One more program in 2021, and we will do it tomorrow. 
Um, Scott Billick's going to join us. Uh, we'll really get ready for this Jets road trip. Uh, Billick's popping on. Fingers crossed that Kenny will be maybe not necessarily out of quarantine, but off the DL and able to join us. We hope that that will be the case. Um, and you know, we'll talk about some of our favorite Winnipeg sports stories, many of them that we sort of talked about in the trivia in our final show of 2021. Um, that's going to do it for us. Big thanks to Andrew Harris for joining us earlier today, uh, as well as Chris Peters with just a phenomenal conversation on the cancellation of the World Junior Championships. If you pop by later, rewind or check the podcast um, to check all of that out. Um, once again, big thanks to all of our sponsors. Don't forget F Apparel, Royal Sports, big Boxing Day sales right now. Lots going on at Vita Health heading into the new year. Uh, and if you're thinking about making those changes, Vita Health definitely is the spot to get into. You try to clean things up when you get into January. Uh, Culligan Water, uh, Manitoba Battery, they're busy right now. But if you do need a battery, you've got issues with the car, those are the people to go to. I'm not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, and Canadian Club Whiskeys. We get ready for New Year's Eve in a little bit of a different way this year. Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. Um, great show today. Thanks for everyone that joined us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't already on the way out. Stay warm, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you one more time in 2021 tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And congratulations again to One Bird for winning trivia today on WSD. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 